and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. Uh, I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by the, your other co-host, Connor. I can't speak tonight. <laughs> For, <laughs> hey, everybody. I thought you were going to say your other co-host, Neve. Sometimes it, sometimes it feels that way. Really? <laughs> no. Never. Um, well, uh, <laughs> we will be <laughs> we will be uh, covering chapters thirteen through eighteen of Nana, which was published in volumes five and six. Um, do we have any uh, intro thoughts? I, I have like a very short thing before we get to me too. To synopsis. I have a very short. I have a very short thing. But you go first. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so I guess the my short thing is, like, I feel like last time we spent a, a fair amount of time, like, really laying out the case for, like, um, Hachi's obviously in love with Nana. Um, and I think there there will still be moments where we can sort of point to that um, as it being a, a continuing thing, um, as well as, like... Nana side of things because um one I think like Nana is just slower to this than Hachi. I mean we we see this play out in like their intros and the text in general. Um but uh yeah, I, I think in some ways like that that was a lot of the work because that was so much of the like early part of Nana is like their relationship um together and it developing uh and then we get all this other stuff thrown into to the mix with like Takumi and everything. Um, so, you know, at this point there might be a, a, a few moments where I'll, I'll point things out, but we probably won't dwell on that like direct theme as much. Um, except maybe to, to like full further, bo- uh, bolster like the, the Nana side of things. So I think the case yeah. has been really well made for, for Hachi, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll go um, where the manga takes us. And yeah. ooh. We'll see as as we through this episode um, that it's it's taking us away from that. Uh, it's not going to be focusing on that in yeah. the foreground, at least. Our our uh, last section, the the foreground, the main focus was like these ways that Hachi is having the un- these unspeakable feelings and all of that. Like we we get the actual. Um, you know, breaking down of that and the various scenes where, um, you know, I think we talked about like Hachi using the word weird stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The like, am I weird? So you're yeah. not Hachi. You're yeah. not weird. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Uh, it's good. Um, yeah. Well, all I was going to say, it it dovetails well with what you were saying, which is my intro comment for this is, okay, following last episode, so things are going really well. You're going great. Uh, Nana just met the parents. Uh, Hachi and Nana, they're living together, like getting closer, super like comfortable with one another, really relying on each other. Uh relationship is becoming like a lot more intimate they're hitting like high point of intimacy uh so far they're going back to hachi's hometown seeing hachi's favorite band like hachi's gonna reunite nana with ren like this is what could go wrong yeah we're in a great place right now so you everyone is thinking 
how is this going to go sideways? Uh, because we know it's going to. And we're about to find out <laughs> uh, <laughs> the multiple ways that uh, all of this is going to go sideways. Yeah. And uh, um. I think we, we get a very uh, strong hint right away at the very beginning of <laughs> uh, chapter 13 with this gigantic trap nest poster here and the gun pointing at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, it does just, um, I mean, volume five, like first you just, you get this nice, like uh square, you know, image of, of Nana, but yeah, you turn uh first like p- chapter page, uh, trapness boss uh, poster trigger tour the gun pointed at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see as we go that trap nest for multiple reasons is a, a bad thing for, uh, for both of the nanas. Um, and for maybe more, more people than that. Um, yeah. And I think Ayuzawa, uh, is very deft in having it here at this like key, uh, transitional moment. Um, cause again, it's like, right. We're just at this high point with the concert. Um, we're on like an emotional high and have good expectations. Uh, and all then we- of the, all of the trapness, uh, like, members are about to move from being like this abstract thing. And we only know Ren to their characters in the manga. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for that reason as well. Um, so not only like the foreshadowing, um, like kind of sticking it in here at this transitional point, um, to intimate some, uh, some important content and things for us to think about. Um, but then also, yeah, to kind of like this, uh, almost, visual like marker for the entrance of, of trap nest as real characters, um, which we, we get very quickly. Yeah. Um, shall we run through the synopses? Uh, I don't know if you have a preference on, on who goes first there. There's a lot that happens in, in chapter 13, but I figured like, <laughs> this is one where we'll just talk through what happens. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote a pretty brief one for that. Some of the other ones I wrote a bit longer, but yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, chapter 13. After Ren sees Nana in the crowd, Yasu and Hachi help connect the two, meaning Nana and Ren. Nana goes to uh, see Ren to uh, ostensibly to return the keys to their shared apartment. Uh, and also Ren's padlock that he wears around his neck. Uh, therefore ending their relationship. Uh, but when she shows up and Ren embraces her, uh, she ends back. She ends up back together with him instead. They have like an emotional reunion. Uh, chapter 14, despite reinitiating her relationship with Ren, Nana remains conflicted about her desire for Ren. Um, and then her pride and desire to make it on her own as a musician. Um, and she expresses anger at herself for falling for him again. And also institutes a no smoking rule for the band, uh, so that they can develop long capacity for performances. Um, you know, really, really be able to, to do big shows like this. We've got that um, for ghost divers. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, me and my asthma lungs. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, Hachi begins to wonder if she's developing her own feelings for Yasu, uh, but also reflects that she wants someone a little bit harsher the next time she falls in love, which, as we kind of know now, is probably not Yasu. Um, but so long as the person still shows their love with actions. Nana then shows her thanks with the action of inviting <laughs> Takumi over for Mahjong uh, night so that Hachi can meet him. Um, I think she will come to regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some, yeah, important moment that we'll talk about there. Yeah. Uh, chapter 15. Hachi continues to mull over her feelings for the host of guys around her, uh, as well as her own feelings of mediocrity in the presence of artists where she feels like just a fan uh, and like just not his roommate. Um, like, oh, she's only there because because of Nana. Um, so struggling with the like that core fear of indistinction that she has. Uh, it's revealed that Yasu dated Reba or Layla, maybe for R.E.'s. Um, we should establish a standard pronunciation here. Uh, uh, I feel like I feel like Rera is is generally the like established. That's what most of the characters refer to her as. Um, stuff like that. We do get the reveal that she's named after the Eric Clapton song Layla, uh, but that's like more of a reveal and sort of a thing like that I associate with like Rera Shin, rather than like how most people interact with her. Yeah. Uh, well, we find out that Yasu's dated Rera, and Hachi concludes. Uh, that she doesn't stand a chance with Yasu uh, if he was with a woman as talented and beautiful as Reira. Um, many people are thinking this kind of thing about Reira at this yeah. at, in, initially. Reira like, immediately gets introduced as this like uh, monolith. Generally by other people considered like pinnacle of femininity and talent and beauty. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Hachi's attention then shifts to Nobu when they go on a beer run together and realize that they're actually very similar. Uh, Hachi's then fired the next day for slacking at work. Uh, so she ends up wandering around Tokyo down on her luck. And just then Takumi calls her to apologize for leaving, uh, leaving the uh, Mahjong night without thanking her for the food. Uh, and they realize that they're in the same part of Tokyo so, of course, Takumi invites her to meet up with him at his SUV, which is stuck in traffic. <laughs> and she agrees. Important detail there. <laughs> yeah. Um, chapter 16. Uh, Hachi goes with Takumi in his SUV to his hotel suite. And much of the chapter centers on her internal monologue as she rest- wrestles with shame around having a one-night stand, um, as well as her awe by the... Witnessing the life of a celebrity, like, look at all the, the riches, look at the fancy hotel suite you get to stay in. Uh, but then also this amazement at finding out that celebrities are still people, you know, uh, Takumi can have a sense of humor, those kinds of things. Um, she ultimately gets a call from new, uh, Nana while Takumi is taking a shower, like, basically right before they were going to have sex. Um, but she does not tell Nana the truth of where she is. Uh, and actually, like, text Junko to, like, lie for her if Nana asks, which... I, I feel like Nana and Junko don't text like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, also notably, Nana just got a phone and is calling 
uh, Hachi being like, when are you going to be home? I want you to teach me how to use a phone. <laughs> um, anyway, in the final moments, uh, she decides that she does not uh, really want to have sex with Takumi, but feels like it is too late. Um, and so after they have sex, Takumi promises to see her after Trapness tour. Uh, Hachi goes home to Nana, but she continues to keep the secret of, you know, meeting up with Takumi. Um, and while he's on tour, she messages him once, but he never responds. Chapter 17. A month later, Hachi is working as a street promoter and against her own better judgment is also holding on to Takumi's promise to see her after the tour. Meanwhile, during an after party in Tokyo for the last show of Trapness tour, Ren asks Takumi for an autograph for Hachi, um, which is something that, like a, a request that she had made um, a while back. Uh, hearing her name and uh, finally remembering her when people say, no, no, it's not, it's not a Komatsu, uh, Takumi uh, brags about having sex with her uh, in the presence of like Nobu and Shin and Ren and uh, um, not Yasu and Nana right there, but in the, the presence yeah. of the three of them. Yeah. But Shin uh, and Nobu like go to the after party. Yeah. Uh, in response, Shin and Nobu pick a fight with Takumi over how he's treating Hachi. Uh, and seemingly in retaliation, Takumi goes to see her and the two have sex again. Chapter 18, while Takumi and Hachi spend the night together, Nana flees the apartment and calls Yasu, uh, seemingly desperately a asking for help. Um, oh, um, the, it's also revealed when Takumi, like, at the end of 17, when he goes to the apartment, this is when Nana finds out mm. that um, Takumi and Hachi yeah. are, like, seeing each other. Yeah. Uh, so she flees the apartment, um, and, again calls like seemingly in desperation asking for help uh but then once yasu gets there uh she's trying to play it off like she's fine with like hachi and takumi getting together she was just calling for help because she needed uh you know money to pay for the meal because she forgot her wallet when she left um you know she's like trying to play it way cooler than it seems like she maybe initially was on the phone uh but then she eventually does admit that she's upset about it because she wants hachi to be hers uh, at the same time, Nobu and, and Shin talk about... Yeah, and she hates yeah. Trapness. Uh, we get this little moment of why does Trapness take everything from me and, and Yasu's like, same. Yeah. Let's something fall off of a shelf. Um, but more... Uh, just pausing to note, like, more <laughs> uh, negative emotions flowing into the Trapnest like, entity for Nana. Yeah. Um, then, uh, at the same time, Nobu and Shin are talking about, uh, Nobu's interest in Hachi, but also this sort of binary view of women that he has is either non-sexual beings or sluts. We'll probably get into this conversation more because I, I think it's like worth diving into both of their sides as they're talking, but yeah, I wanted to kind of briefly summarize it. Um, the next morning, Ren asks Nana if she would want to live with him as they look out over the ocean from his high-rise apartment window. Uh, Nana had gone over to Ren's night then, or Ren's uh, apartment for the night then. And, uh, in this moment, as she's looking at the ocean, says that she would think about it, think about living with him again. Um, Nobu stops by Nana and Hachi's apartment. 
Uh, but then chickens out from actually confessing his feelings to Hachi. Uh, but he does say enough that Hachi could potentially connect the dots and also that she could know that somehow Nobu knows something about Takumi. Um, he's basically like, you know, I, I can't compete I will, with him. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, who? I can't compete with him, but I'll like figure something out. And he's like, you know, Takumi. So, um, in the final moments, uh, Reira pays Shin, presumably for sex. We'll like get more details on this next time. Um, Honestly, we probably won't touch very much on this scene because it's like literally it's sort of a cliffhanger moment um, and we're going to get more of it in upcoming chapters. So, uh, but I wanted to note it here um, as sort of another thing in the whole uh, milieu of trapness comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of plot. Um, that was yeah. one thing that I was c- considering on reflection uh, after like doing the prep and pr- just mentally like ruminating on it. Um, yeah. The first sections that we, obviously the, the first discussion episode, that first like volume is a, a lot of, I don't mean this dismissively, but there's a lot of setup happening. And then you start to get some momentum uh, in the next few volumes. Uh, but yeah. it feels like, here is where the characters are. We have the main characters are very well established and like quite well fleshed out. Um, although they'll become more so. Uh, and so then you have like momentum happening with them, uh, as well as like, um, Yuzawa I starts like f- introducing more and more characters that, uh, even as things are moving uh, more quickly, those characters also like get very well fleshed out. So there's a sense of like things really expanding and, and moving along um, quickly, uh, especially with the introductions of some of these like conflicts uh, that we've alluded to. Yeah. Um, one thing with, with, and like, uh, uh, over on uh, stairwells, we've been doing the not homophobia zone, reading a Kokaniki. Um, and there's this point where a bunch of characters get introduced to to that manga. Um, and we're like, like I I have two more volumes to read, and then we're done with the manga. Um, and it it feels like a lot of those characters got introduced, but I didn't. A lot of them I don't know what their deal is. I don't like. Um, I feel like there's not the time to like develop them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some of it is that it just ended earlier, but I, I do feel like, you know, reading not at the same time as reflecting about how much I think, um, there is this like gradual increase where you'll, you'll get like a new group of characters. We're going to, we're going to get more characters later on that will get introduced as well. Um, but I think she does a very good job of, uh, having the ones to focus on for like part of a chapter to, you know, give you a, a sense of the character. Um, and then also just doing enough like character work in the background that, you know, other members of, of trap nest, like we're spending a lot of time with Takumi here. We're not spending that much time with Reira, but you're still getting like a sense of her just from like mm-hmm. background stuff. And from um, other people's feelings about her. Yeah. Which is um, one of the a key, uh, part of the character work. And then, like, the narrative yeah. style that's um, driving the, 
Yeah. The drummer, uh, <laughs> I feel like it like, becomes a joke at some point that he's just like kind of normal and just hanging out with all these people having drama around him. But can you, can you like, never really, are you calling him the drummer? Cause you can't remember his name. Um, if I really thought about it, I could remember, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. Point, point um, proven. Um, it's, it's Naoki. Naoki. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Now. Yeah, Naoki. Yeah. Yeah. Naoki. I think, um, now I think Naoki. it is now. Okay. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we will get an entire like a bonus chapter about him and it's still mostly not about him. Yeah. <laughs> He's just this res- perspective character telling us about the, the backstory of trapness, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even so though, yeah. um, yeah, I think his is kind of like, there is a, a comedy to his like, I guess we can't quite call him one dimensional, but like, yeah, he's leaning towards that. Like, and there's a comedy about it that feels like intentional. Yeah. His like non, non importance to the drama of the manga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, even to to just quickly um, add on to what you're saying about the, the character work, <clears throat> even very late introduced characters, um, like Yuri, uh, for instance, who we mm-hmm. won't meet for a while. Um, yeah. It's and Miu. And Miu. Um, yeah. Even when characters are introduced late, uh, Yazawa Ai is still like, the manga feels very patient and observant um, and like thorough about grounding those characters as well um, yeah. and like fleshing them out so we can under like understanding their motivations um, <clears throat> and their like interior, their interiority, um, what drives them and, and so on. Um, and w- when you have, I guess now this is just like a feature of the manga. Um, but so much of like, you do have a uh, plot related to like real conflicts in the world. Um, but a lot of it is like psychic drama. Um, that is about all these characters, different emotional motivations um, and like their pasts. And then, um, the like either traumas or the pain that they're struggling with. Um, and then how that is brought into amplified, like realized through all of these relationships that they're having. Um, and yeah. so part of the, you have this huge matrix of like really well-established care, well-established characters who are psychically well understood in like the complexity of all of their motivations and their, <laughs> colliding with each other (laughs) and that's like uh one of the things that makes this a great manga is like the intricacy of um those relationships uh and like obviously this conflict gives a uh the manga a lot of like momentum and force um but it's also they never feel simplified like even in this huge complex web of um, characters feeling different <laughs> types of ways about each other, um, yeah. you can zoom in on any like granular moment and it feels really uh, 
like really sensitive uh, and uh, poignant, like for that character, like true. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, even minor, like we, we were joking about uh, Naoki because he's kind of, it is a bit of a joke how much like he's not important compared to the rest of the Trapness uh, characters, but I still have a sense of him. Like, I still kind of know, like, the ways that he's goofy. The way that he's goofy is different than, like, Ginpei, who we get later. The, like, manager for for, uh, Blast later on. Um, You know, there's the the handler for Rayra. Like, she has her own sort of... She's still um, more of a minor character, but she's still... uh, I still have, like, a bit of a sense of her and what she's doing and how she relates to to at least, like, some of the people. Um, You know? And and also, to be fair... There is a, uh, as we're talking about it, I'm, I'm remembering like more and, uh, there really is a- actually a sadness to, um, Naoki as, yeah. um, we, where you begin to like see that he's just a guy that, yeah, he's like happy go lucky and wants to have like a good time and, uh, you know, have, have fun, um, and screw off or whatever. But he also just like wants people around him to be happy and to like be with, he like genuinely enjoys being with these people. Um, and there's like a desperation about him later on when like things really start to fall apart and he can't do anything about it. Um, so I guess we like <laughs> we create a counter argument and then we dis- we defeated our own counter argument for <laughs> for the characters in Nana, uh, yeah, having a one dimensional character. Yeah, there are characters who you may not always remember their name, but I feel like all of them <laughs> have they are still like given a sense of of humanity and uniqueness, um, even if they're like a a minor character. For you sure. Know? Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, do, I have once again forgotten the name of uh, Hachi's boss at the, the like, clothing store, or, like... Oh, uh, uh, Mizukoshi. Yeah, Mizukoshi. Um, but, like, he's still, like, a guy who I can, like, see as, like, you know... A real there, guy. There's various stuff about him, you know? Yeah. he's He is a human with, like, various ones and needs. He's just not that important to the story. <laughs> yeah. Even <laughs> so he, Shoji. like, enters and exits. Even yeah. Shoji. <laughs> Even showed you. <laughs> uh, who um, we've definitely already forgotten about. We're leaving Shoji completely in the dust. Uh, no glancing in the rearview mirror. We're on to chapter 13. <laughs> yeah, so sh- shall we start uh, working through this? Yeah. Um, so we already already pointed out the, the start where we get this poster. Yeah. Um, the intro also in the voiceover narration of uh, Trap Nest as this like monolith. Um, their records all sold over a million copies. Um, we have the like the poster, which itself is this like monolith. Um, yeah. And then the comment on Rera having, uh, well, I'll just quote it the singer Rera had a rich tone and vocal range unparalleled in Japan. That means it's not paralleled by Nana. Uh, in case you didn't. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, while Ren wrote the bulk of the songs. Um, so the connection there, um, well, there's, there's implications here directed at Nana, um, which is kind of, um, gesturing at something that we'll see will be confirmed later, which is that these are like anxieties that Nana has, that she's not as good as Rera and that Ren is writing songs for another woman. Um, and all of, and therefore that's symbolic of yeah. various things that are painful um, for Nana. We we will get a, a very specific painful moment around uh, this like core tension towards the very, like it, it remains. We will have lots of time to talk about this tension and this anxiety. Um, Cause like moments before Ren dies, there, there is a, uh, direct you know sort of painful uh exchange about this as well yeah so um yeah uh um, i think there we get this as well and like we see the um performance the trap nest performance first we see ren um but then we see rara uh like this yeah. close-up uh, we have this like kind of diagonally sliced page, um, which again is rare for for Yuzawa, especially at this point in the manga. Yeah, and also I, I think conveys like a there's a, an aggression in this like diagonal slice um, yeah. that uh, it's not specified whose point of view this is, um, so it could be either. Uh, it's Hachi's like voiceover that's that's um, overlaid on these images, um, but I think you could see either um, Nana or Hachi. Um, but regardless, yeah. it's conveying this like hostility. I mean, the other thing that that could be implied here too, because and I have the the physical copy where I get the two page spread, and so the you know on the the right side is where you have. Um, Ren and the like sometimes it seemed like Ren was looking our way but then his eyes would shoot off in some other direction and then on the left side which when it you see his eyes shooting off like away from them he is literally looking at the picture of Rera on the other side the like mm. close up on her singing um and the the specific like the image that we see of her is from the side which could make sense they're like close to the stage they're sort of um you know for for like uh, Nana and Hachi, they they are close up to the stage, and it seems like the arrangement is like they are on the right side where Ren is, and then the rest of the band sort of goes to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would make sense that they might see her from this like side angle, but also Ren would see her from the side angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very uh, uh, a very good observation. Oh yeah, and when uh, you see them all as a band, you'll you see that uh, yeah, there's Ren on the right. Um, and we do know that they're right in front of, of Ren. Uh, and then there's like the drummer with Rera in the front, uh, in the middle. And then on the left is Takami with the bass. Your, your observation also makes me notice that, um, in this, um, on the same page with the panels of Ren's eyes, you have the two Nanas standing, uh, and then you have Hachi looking in one direction, which, uh, based on how you've constructed this space, which I agree. Um, and then also her narration where she describes staring at Ren the entire time. 
um, would seem to suggest she's looking at Ren, not as looking the other direction, which would seem to uh, suggest she's looking at Rera. Um, and then we get this page of Rera looking, you know, glorious and majestic and uh, idealized. Uh, yeah. Full shoujo sparkles. Yeah. Full shoujo sparkles, like in her element, um, blasting out with her amazing vocal range. Uh, and then Hachi observing like, oh, the stage that had once seemed close felt so far away. Um, which great narration here. Uh, not only it's continuing this train of thought that Hachi is like having in the voiceover, um, but also like f- within the sequence, um, maybe also giving a sense of like Nana's state of mind, um, that Reira is this like ideal in her eyes. Um, that's this far away, this far away thing. Um, yeah that's unattainable or, um, or, or what have you. So Um, a lot of good stuff, um, very early on. Uh, and then, uh, so performance ends and we immediately cut to trap nest, the the actual people, which, uh, I Um, love how, it's coming off the stage. It's like that period of time where they have everyone shout encore, even though they're going to come back on. Um, and they're like waiting around. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not to cut you off. No, I, I was just going to say, uh, going back to, um, some of our comments about the way characters handle it in the manga. Um, I love how the manga just immediately, like brings like grounds all of the trap nest members as real characters. Uh, Like it doesn't let them continue on as this like remote idealized uh, image um, like any longer. It just immediately like brings them in (laughs) uh, in a way like cuts through um, this like ideal and just grounds it immediately. Um brings them in as real characters and then they, and they immediately become like part of the story, uh, which I, it gr- narratively is great um, because we enjoy the trap nest members with the exception of one. Um, but also I think part of uh, one of the, one of the themes that emerges more in like the section we have for this discussion is the theme of celebrity, which I think we've like uh, alluded to at, at points. Um, It's going to be a big uh, theme as we go on, but especially like the objectification um, that is entailed um, the objectification of the, of the celebrities themselves. Um, And one of the things that seems to, uh, be a point for Yuzawa I is like cutting through that um, time and again and like showing the real person and their humanity um, mm-hmm. like challenging that objectification portraying it but then also like in the narration and in the story like uh, 
challenging it or um, like ripping away that that veil that yeah. is that's but, but also as we'll get to being honest about the power the power dynamics that it creates absolutely um, and there there are like various ways that that'll happen and we'll, we'll talk through but um, there's obviously one very key one later on in in what we read yeah um we, we can maybe move a little bit faster through some of this chapter but I did want to know uh so Ren runs to the bathroom to call Yasu to be like why is Nana here um, but we immediately get addiction figured as a, a potential thing with Ren, where at first there's sort of the joking, need a Nick, uh, Nick fix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Takami is also like kicking in the, the bathroom door being like, you know, don't blow your wad. The concert's not over yet. We've got an encore to do. Um, you know, this, like, what are you doing in there? Which we're going to get, uh, Ren doing drugs in the bathroom later. Um, yeah. So a problem yeah. that uh, <laughs> is hinted at here uh, and Takumi is aware of uh, either existing problem or possibility uh, that this will become a problem. Um, yeah. And this is uh, this is something that we'll see a lot with Takumi. Uh, knowing very well what's going on uh, with people, unless it involves... Uh, the emotion, like <laughs> their emotional needs being met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, often um, being highly perceptive to like the behavior of others. Um, and um, we, we sh- definitely should move faster. Um, but I'll just yeah. say, like, this is kind of the first bits of talking to me that we get um it seems like banter like maybe like inconsequential like oh it's comedic banter um but what we get from talking to me is observing that ren made a mistake uh trying to make sure that ren doesn't get high in the bathroom um and like planning Until after they do the encore then it's okay Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it's not going to cause problems for the show. And then uh planning like the encore. Um yeah. or saying like, well, we can't do more than two songs because like X Y and Z when Naoki wants yeah. to do two songs. Um so uh <clears throat> he's making sure that things are done correctly. <laughs> uh talking me wants everything to go right. Uh, yeah. which uh, entails making the members of the band act in a certain way. Um, so yeah. we get this fixation on uh, control that will, that's going to be distinguishing trait. Um, but also like it, we're seeing that talking has a way of caring about people that it's debatable if we could call it care. Uh, like truly caring. Uh, but it basically boils down to making sure people do what they need to do uh, in his eyes, like as far as he yeah. sees it. Um, um, so Takumi is a has... guy who takes care. He he's, takes care is what he does. Yeah. 
Um, this also um, already, you know, one of many parallels we're going to get with Nana and Takumi. Um, but like this way that he, he is approaching, you know, Ren potentially doing drugs in the bathroom. Um, not too dissimilar from Nana and what Shin's getting up to. Um, of like, do what you want as long as it doesn't cause problems for the band. Yeah. Um, which is another, like, yeah. Another thing that will turn out really bad for Nana having this Um, attitude later on. Yeah. And we will, we will see Nana's own, uh, fixations on control or at least, uh, possession as a, a kind of, um, you know, manifestation of that, I think. Yeah. Um, as well as the ways that like, we'll, we'll get into it as we go through, but you know, there's ways that it also comes out from like a lack of control someone's had in their life. Uh, so we'll sort of break down, like there are all these parallels between Nana and Takumi, but why, why do I think that Takumi's the most dog shit worst human being in the world? And I love <laughs> Nana and identify with Nana. Um, and there is like a certain line there, but it's also constantly, um, the manga is like really interrogating that line. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, uh, Important thing to call out here too is uh, when Yasu calls, uh, or when when Ren calls Yasu and Yasu says, "I'll give you, you know, the number for the the girl that Nana's with." Um, has this, but if you don't want her, I will take her. Yeah, important line. Yeah, uh, this is one that maybe warrants a, a little bit of time. Um, yeah. there's, I guess, the first thing to say is that. There's maybe some gender happening here. Uh, either like performed, it's a, it's a performance of gender. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in uh, my take on this is well twofold. Um, I do think <laughs> maybe uh, getting ahead of myself here, but I do think Yasu does love Nana. Uh, I think we'll get yeah. plenty of evidence for that. Um, not just like as a friend, but romantically um, and is like serious about these feelings. Um, but then for reasons we'll come to understand has this extreme deference to Ren and wants Ren to be and Nana to be together uh, in spite of his own feelings. Um, yeah. And so he's throwing down this challenge that it's a challenge of masculinity, which I think is chosen because he, th- he thinks Ren will respond to it. Um, but more so I think he knows um, that Ren knows that this is true. Like that Ren has some understanding of Yasu's feelings for Nana and therefore knows yeah. that, that there's truth in this. Uh, and then that is the even greater like motivating uh, or the greater like motivational intent of the of this statement from Yasu. Um, the other one, and we can talk about this when we get more to the, the end of this chapter, uh, but the other question I had here is in this, I'm going to give you the number uh, so you can get in contact with Ren um, and sort of doing this challenge to Ren. Um, is he actually testing Nana here and not Ren? Um, so we, I'll, I can get into that more when we like get into mm. the details of this, but yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we get sort of, uh, after the show, um, 
you know, there's a little bit of a uh, fun scene with it's like a two page spread of uh, not even, but of, you know, dinner at uh, Hachi's parents' house. Um, <laughs> Nana, again, just seems elated to like be in a happy family or like a a, a normal family, at least. Um, yeah. Not to say that Hachi's family is without problems, but. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I was looking through my old notes. Uh, for when we did the New Year's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like kind of panning through it. Uh, and my note for this was, um, I'm trying to find it so I can quote from it. Uh, oh, Nana O's admiration for Hachi's family. It's clear that part of Nana O wants to perceive this eternal love that she is striving for in familial love. And I just said, yeah, all I need to do is quote that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we get all this stuff where uh, Hachi realizes she didn't turn her phone on, is like, oh, Yasu mas- uh, messaged me, um, finds out, just FYI, Ren might call you guys. Uh, and of course, Nana, again, is Yasu really testing Nana here? Nana immediately calls up Yasu about this. Um and, you know, it's basically, or I think it, uh, Hachi does first, but then Nana's immediately on the phone. Um, you know, <laughs> cut the crap, Baldy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you told Ren, but you stay out of this. Ren and I have nothing to talk about. Um, and Yasu says, he's the one who called me after spotting you in the crowd. I just gave him Nana's number. Uh, Nana being Hachi here. Uh, if you have nothing to say, tell Ren that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, and then also mentions like, I put a fire under him, basically. Um, I forget exactly where that is, but, uh, he doesn't say the specific, this is what I said to Ren. Um, but does also kind of intimate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's uh, your probably take on I this? lit a fire under his butt and then cut the crap, Baldy. Um, I mean, my take on this is... As much as, like, Yasu is the, the one who's still in contact with Ren, um, we also know that he loves Nana. Uh, we know this as people who have read the manga before. Uh, but the evidence is already kind of here. But there there is more as it goes on. Um, and probably has this aware Like, keys become really important here. And he, uh, I think, specifically says... Um, where is it? Uh, you have the key to the, the place you both shared. You have the key to the pa- uh, padlock of, on Ren's neck. If you don't want them, then just throw them away. You can end it all right now. Uh, but just think about Ren bound forever to the relics of the woman he can never hold again. Um, and then great and so again, image of I, Nana reacting to this. Yeah. And again, I, I think the key thing here and the thing that Yasu knows is that she still has the keys. And that means that she is still holding on to something. He, he, as he says, if you don't want them, want them, not take them to Ren, but rather than just throw them away, you can end it all right now. You could have thrown them away months ago. You still have them. Um, and so specifically doing this thing of like, are you going to throw the, the, the keys away? Or as like, um, Hachi almost seems to, to recognize when, 
uh, Nana also says, like, give me the number. I'm going to call Ren. I'm going to go see him. Like, Hachi's then thinking about what's happening, being, like, all anxious, like, oh, they're going to get back together. Some of this is just, you know, who Hachi is. She has this, mm-hmm. like, more positive outlook on things. But she's also correctly identifying that, like, that this is she has seen that are. Nana is still broken up with Ren, or broken up about Ren. Uh, the feelings are still there. She still has the keys. Um, the fact that, that she is still holding on to the keys is itself already somewhat of an answer to, and, and somewhat of a reason why Yasu continues to say, uh, at when Nana's being flirty or whatever, saying no, you know, some of the deference to Ren is a recognition that Nana herself is still hung up on Ren. I think, um, that if Nana was not displaying that, I don't know if Yasu would have the same deference to Ren. He, per- he still performs it when he's around Ren, but I don't know if that's the entire motivation is that he is just doing it for Ren's sake. He's recognizing that Nana still cares. Um, and so yeah. he's doing this test of saying, hey, I'm giving you the, the, the situation where you can go and meet up with Ren. And I kind of know that if you do that, what that means, because I also know Ren's side of things. I know Ren still cares about you. Like if I'm putting the two of you together and you actually do it, then that means that like both of you still want this. It's real. But if you just throw away the keys right now, you can like, this is over. You don't actually care about Ren. Like you're holding on to it for whatever reason. And you've realized and you've put it away. And so the moment that Nana even, despite the fact that in her head, we get this sort of sense that she's going there to give the, the keys to break up that the decision to go is itself already the decision to like recommit to that relationship in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which also takes and, it away from like a, a grosser inevitability, but it is more just like, you know, it's like, I think there's like a certain, like, <laughs> yeah. Calling Nana out basically. Mm. But with like, so I, I do think another uh, I don't know if theme is the exact right word. Um, another thing the manga really cares about is looking at the different ways that people care about other people. Yeah. Um, and it, it really does that with a degree of complexity that is surprising. <laughs> um, like that I f- continually find incisive and like surprising me. <laughs> Um, by, by, uh, just how like observant and how it is. Um, but all of that to say, you know, I made the joke about Takibi earlier, but Yasu in, in this framework is like the pinnacle of, <laughs> uh, taking care, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of his, main character traits is that he is extremely like selfless and mindful about taking care of people around him. Um, and there are also, as we go on ways that this can become manipulative and we'll, yes. we'll talk about it sort of when it comes up, but in contrast to Takumi, who often is more immediately recognizable uh, and often more operating in this manipulative mode of um, like talking to his again, as you said, yeah, is making sure that people do what they need it need to in his eyes. Yasu is far more 
trying to identify what people need to do for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, but there's still limitations. There is still the, in his eyes, what they need to do for themselves. Yes. But that's part of, that's part of what's, I, I think, uh, your analysis like really brought this out. Um, but just thinking more generally about Yasu as a character, like Yasu knows that Nana is lying to herself uh, in a fashion about this by like this distance that she has erected. He either knows or suspects that she's not being honest with herself about her own feelings, which are these, these feelings that she has for Ren. And I would go one step further and say, us as the audience, we already know that Nana has the struggle with Ren around. She has this very intense, this very intense like love for him, um, but also this like pride. Well, she refers, which she call, she calls it pride, um, but this kind of mix of of emotions um, that she calls pride that is like a major driver of the. That's what the obstacle that she's putting in between the two of them. And uh, that pride is is going to be really destructive um, mm-hmm. for Nana as the uh, as the manga goes on. And this is kind of like an early uh, an early episode where Yasu, I think, um, we could go even deeper and say this is Yasu knowing Nana, knowing Nana's pride is like destructive and challenging her uh, or like nudging her to try to um, set that aside or like grapple with that. So then she can go and get this thing that, that she wants and that's going to be fulfilling. Yeah. Um, of course, it's not that simple. <laughs> um, um, and uh, a- additional thing here too, with like uh, more support for this, um, Yasu is more testing Nana than anything else. Um, and this is skipping over some stuff that I, I want to at least briefly go back and, and touch on. But, um, after the like embrace, um, and Nana cries and is thinking, you know, what am I doing? Um, and hugging Ren back, we get, uh, Shin, Nobu and Yasu playing Mahjong. Um, and Shin says, uh, who, at the same time, we're getting revealed that Shin is really good at Mahjong. Um, but Shin says, you're pretty sneaky, Yasu. Knowing Nana after what you said, you'd think she'd just go return the keys. But if she gives them back, that's it. If they're really over, Nana wouldn't return the keys in person. They just uh, they just need an excuse to get together and do it again. Um, and uh, Nobu's kind of like, Shin, you're being a cheeky monkey. You know, just like, oh, you're talking about them having sex or whatever. Um but Yasu thinks he's good at this moment that Shin is like also winning at Mahjong, but he's probably thinking he's good about what, what Yasu's doing, not about the Mahjong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and they go yeah. on to, uh, Shin goes on to say, well, how would you do it? Tell me so I can learn strategy. Mm. Um, and Yasu lies. Uh, I think we can safely say this is a lie or at least I, I yeah. know it is. There's no strategy. I just like messing with people. Um, this is a lie that tells the truth, which is, uh, and, and I think maybe this is your, the point you made earlier. Um, but Yuzawa I is like, is 
critical um, and noting that even with these highly um, uh, altruistic motivations of like reuniting people, um, there is a degree of manipulation <laughs> uh, and maybe even force like involved with these with this kind of, uh, you know, machinations. Um, and so Yasu is kind of, uh, he's lying by like leaning into this more and saying, Oh, I'm messing with people saying, Oh, well, I am manipulating people. Uh, of course that's not what he like really thinks intends to be doing. Uh, but he is, (laughs) yeah. Um, and, We'll see later that, um, not to veer off in another direction, but um, Yasu and Takumi uh, find themselves agreeing more often than disagreeing uh, <laughs> on uh, on matters such as these. So uh, definitely yeah. some critical subtext here, e- or even like in these early volumes. Yeah. Um, the other, the other quick things I want to note with this chapter, um, the one, we get the, the reference, go we ahead, get the reference sorry. to drugs again. Um, when Rayara comes over to see, um, Ren, um, but in the actual meeting too, and this is going to follow into the, the next chapter. Um, I think I wanted to call attention to is that, um, there's a way that, uh, we've previously seen like, especially around something that might be like triggering some sort of trauma for, for Nana where like the, when she gets chastised by Hachi, there's sort of this like childlike appearance that she takes on, like her, her face sort of softens and becomes a little more, a little more childlike, um, which I think is evoking the way that like trauma often um, takes you back to like a younger self. Um, and we get a little of that when, there's like the embrace with um with ren um and then we get a lot of that next chapter when like nana and hachi are sort of uh hanging out together and talking about what happened yeah also with the fetal position that she does um yeah we we didn't highlight it earlier but um in when hachi barges into the bathtub with the phone Nana is also like back in this fetal position um, that she was in, like <clears throat> I think volume three, um, where we discussed it. Um, yeah. But these like this moment of despair, um, it's it's subtle because we just get like one panel before it's interrupted. But it's like another pattern um, that's kind of doing doing the same thing. Yeah. Um. But my one last big thing for this chapter, I don't know if you have more you want to get into after I bring this up. Um, but as we were sort of talking about, uh, you know, there there are ways that, like, even volume one is setting up a, a certain pattern with, like, how Hachi falls in love with Shoji. Uh, and it gets, like, developed but with more complexity with Hachi falling in love with Nana later on. But we see, like, similar patterns. There Again, there's, like, other patterns that we've talked about in the, the previous chapters. Um, we get one that's being set up here specifically around the keys and this idea of the key to the place that you both shared. 
because right now this is talking about like the apartment that Nana and Ren had together. Um, and then of course also, uh, we get a, a way that it's like very specifically linked to the key to somebody's heart in, in this sequence. We're going to get it returning as this image of the key to room 707. This is going to become a really significant key, more significant than, you know, the key in this moment, the key to Ren's lock and the, the, the key to the apartment that Nana and Red had. The, the key to the apartment room 707 that, that Nana and Hachi share, um, that's going to be like, come up again and again throughout multiple volumes. You know, it's like a key thing yeah. in the, the end as well. Um, and so again, like, Yuzawa, I will sort of, end. yeah, <laughs> Yuzawa, I will, will lay these like, uh, seeds of like an image or a, a theme, um, and tie it to these ideas around love so that they can get picked up again and developed and like made more complex as a thing between Nana and Hachi. Uh, so we sort of see it happening in the relationships that the girls have with, you know, the, the various guys in the story, but a lot of that stuff will get mirrored, returned to and developed further. Um, with like the relationship the two of them have. Um, and this is the, like, I think the first time that we're really getting something, uh, specific to Nana that is going to then show up because we've had a lot of like Hachi stuff showing up in the relationship that she's developing with Nana. Uh, but now we're sort of getting this other, uh, side. And again, this like Nana being slower to, um, having, or at least recognizing, I think these feelings for people. Yeah. The only thing I'll, that I wanted to say in addition to that is the um, the violence of the reunion is telling. Um, yeah. Where it's this passionate, like, outburst where Ren embraces Nana. Uh, but I, I think the, the way that it's illustrated is uh, exceedingly... <laughs> uh well done and uh yeah you know it and deep um we get the uh the slashed line on the the slash panel again. again yeah um with the crashing uh you know glasses falling furniture. and cracking yeah um, the glasses yeah nana shouting stop it what the hell i didn't come here to make out um yeah smaller panel of the, her like struggling and then a larger yeah. panel of her struggling and yelling stop it and then the next panel um, of her just like now we're zoomed out and her like overwhelmed or enveloped by him pinned against yeah. the, the furniture. Um, and when he says, I missed you so much, that's when she breaks down and cries um, yeah. and embraces him back. Uh, even before the, in the hotel room, you know, the slam and everything uh, when Ren shows up, we get this figuring of groupie as well, which is going to kind of come up with like Hachi and Takami later. So we get a like very brief foreshadowing almost um, where, you know, the security thinks that, that Nana is a groupie. Um, and then Ren comes and is like, here, take this coffee, you know, this can of coffee. Let's keep it. Hush, hush, wink, <laughs> wink. Um, but then grabs, it's like yank as he's like grabbing Nana's arm and then just dragging her through the hallways um, back yeah. to the room as well. Slamming so. the door. Yeah, you get all the all the text, like still conveying the force. Yeah, um, and I think there's a there's a, a 
a violence to this, to the emotions that these two have for one another, um, that it kind of explodes here. Um, and also this moment of like passionate, extremely passionate (laughs) reunion where they're like coming back together, um, and re-entering the relationship, um, all of these like deferred feelings, which there are a lot, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, for both on both sides, um, but then it has like this explosion of violence, at least initially, um, and um, I'm not like interpreting this as like a non-consensual sexual violence. Um, I think this is just like, you know, we, we know that this relationship between Ren and Nana is consensual. Uh, but in spite of that, like that's, there's, there's a violence to it. Um, that's just like part of what it is. Um, and so we, we learn this, we see this, um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll Shall see. We move it. On we'll see it some more. Yeah. Oh well. The only only other thing I was going to say is uh, the the wound left by Ren leaving, like Blast for Trap Nest, and not just in this relationship, but many, uh, many relationships. Um, it's it's a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to be grappling with the fallout of for a while. So we get this reunion and we feel it like the next couple, next volume or so, it feels good again. But there's a lot more left uh, to, yeah. to deal with. So, yeah, moving on. Yeah, also, uh, not to be remiss to to talk about the the final page as well as the first page. Um, I thought it was interesting too, where we get this back then I thought that I, uh, I was through with love, but no matter how painful it was, I tried to dream again. I wanted to love someone again. Somehow I felt hopeful praying for Nana's happiness that night. Uh, this in particular is one of the first ones where it's really unclear which Nana is speaking about which Nana. Mm. Um, there is a way that, that Hachi is praying for Nana's happiness that night, that, that Hachi does not know what's happening, but is hoping that Nana is going to get back together. Um, and that as we learn, like this is, I think, Hachi's perspective because Hachi is, is going to try and love again. Uh, but this is also very much what Nana's like going, is going through in this moment feeling. as well. Yeah. yeah. She's going to begin feeling for Hachi as well. And that also she thought that she was through with love in a, in a way, but then no matter how p- painful it was, she, she wants to love Ren again. Um, and then is hopeful that Hachi is going to find love, um, as well. So, uh, you know, I, I like fusing of their desires in some way in this moment. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Chapter 14, um, this is where we get, as I, I kind of referenced, I think, previously. Uh, next time I fall in love, I want to be with someone who's a little harsh. I don't want them to just cater to my every or to my each and every whim. But after we get in a fight, I want a flower and loving words, someone like that. Uh, which, again, is kind of describing Nana here. Um, 
And also notably, this is not a voiceover from the future that we're getting from Hachi. Uh, Cause we immediately get Junko in the, the present responding to it saying, why do you want that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, Hachi being like, well, I would feel more loved by someone's actions basically um, rather than words, uh, which, you know, we got with Shoji um, and we're also going to get with, with Nana and is this re- recurring theme of, especially for Hachi um, love can be a thing that goes unsaid as long as it a thing is a thing that is demonstrated with actions uh, that is felt with the heart, which she's often trying to do consciously yeah. or unconsciously. It's just like having this outpouring of, this exact uh form of of uh love and like communicating it um and it's also going to be as it continues on like again the the whole is not a urinating thing is that i think intentionally it is about like this love between these two girls being very clearly demonstrated by their actions by their feelings for each other that you do not necessarily need uh, the exact words in order for that to be true and real. Um, yeah. Uh, but, we get uh, your Takumi jump scare a few pages later. Yeah, Takumi jump scare. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like we're approaching the third of the way through the horror film where you get the last jump scare, but then you're just like getting the full, you're in like yeah. the, the full middle arc. Or you're yeah. scared all the time. Um, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you have, you have too much you want to to uh, break down with this this like uh, conversation. Um, no, we do I... get uh, you know a bathtub is a, a site for sex. Uh, <laughs> mark mark off the you know another another tally on the board. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we bathtubs got it. are sexual and Nana. The the listeners are are keeping track of the the bathtub yeah. signification. Um, uh, I was re- I am kind of ready. Um, well, the first note I had for chapter fourteen was the scene of Ren waking up, which starts a few pages later. Yeah, uh, all um, I'll say about this, not to um, sell it short. Well, first thing I'll say these are great pages. <laughs> uh, so I I can't sell it short now. Uh, but the reason I like them, uh, is because, uh, it's, it's really from Ren's perspective. And I think this is the first, one of the first times that we get, uh, Ren's perspective and it's a quick, but poignant dive, like right into, uh, his, the core of his fear um, where he wakes up and Nana's gone. And then he like immediately goes into this fight or flight mode. Um, feels this like regret and self-loathing uh, remembering Nana's words. Uh, fetal position like Nana here. Yeah. Fetal position like Nana goes to the cigarette uh, addiction. Uh, and then um, so a lot of threads being connected very deftly here. Yeah. Um, and then goes and finds her and has this like, um, her like in the bathtub, <laughs> uh, 
I'm, I'm, listeners, that's another one. Uh, yeah, finds her in the bathtub uh, with the flower, and um, just a beautiful, like some really beautiful and moving uh, illustrations here of Nana, Nana like having this look back at him, which is so like contented and beautiful um and uh following after like we've been we're now uh leading up to this inhabiting ren's like uh point of view where he's has this panic that he's like um and the self-loathing and this fear of losing her uh but then just like cutting uh getting this like complete reversal this acceptance and this outpouring of um, positive emotion. Uh, it's really, it's really touching. Um, yeah. And then we have uh, the conversation where they dance yeah, she's around. Plucking, she's plucking the uh, the heads off of roses, um, which you know, Ren notes those look expensive. What are you doing? Oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, and she says, you're a rock star. What do you care? Besides flowers don't last. So I'm enjoying them while I can. Um, and he says, what a sad metaphor. Uh, and she says, then make it last forever. Yeah. Um, to which he gives like this sly, but like contented look of like, this is the type, you know, this is, just in a few panels here, we get like, this is their old banter. And this is just like the way that they, uh, talk to each other. Um, not to gloss over the fact, the subtext here as well. Um, yeah. The foreshadowing. Um, um, we also, this is like really evoking the volume one where they are talking in the bath. Uh, so we get some some discussion here. Um, and of course, there's the here where she says, because um, Ren's talking about like someday I'll I'll buy the, you know, apartment. It's in like the warehouse where I grew up, like where I was born, basically. Um, They're reminiscing on there. like how they took on their old bath in yeah. their old place. And then, yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the smaller bathtub was more comfortable. Um, I think comes up here, uh, mm-hmm. or it's like more cozy at least. Um, and then, yeah, the, the key thing here, I think being, um, where, uh, so Nana says, um, I've still got my pride, you know, I can't just live with you like before. I mean, I'd be into getting together like this sometimes to touch and talk and all that. And someday when I'm old, when my pride and vanity fade and I get sick of singing, can I retire to that place with you? Um, so, uh, again, this like admitting that like at some point, maybe she would, she would put the pride away. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we, um, the internal snapshot of Nana, um, with this desire for Ren, um, for like the love and security, um, but also not willing to compromise her like independence and ambition, uh, 
and something about Ren, uh, those two things being in opposition uh, with her relationship with Ren, um, where there's a tension there. Um, I think one other, one thing that I noted is there's a way that this, that Ayazawa figures this as like a, res- a restoration where they're back in the bath. Um, they're having this very like intimate, uh, extremely intimate moment ruminating on their, like their past relationship. So there's this connection and this restoration. Um, but thinking carefully about the, the dialogue and the emotions of the characters, I think we can still chart like a, uh, there's some change that's happened for Nana where um, she's moved forward a little bit from like owing Ren for everything that she has, where this is like the root part of the root of the like pride thing um, is that she derives so much of her identity from like Ren, the things that he introduced her to in that relationship. Um, but she has this struggle for, uh, self-actualization and independence. Um, and we get a lot of that in the first few volumes. Um, here, uh, and then we, we talked about volume like three and four with the establishment of the relationship with Hachi in the apartment. She's starting to get something of her own. And mm-hmm. uh, here in this moment, she's holding both things. So it's not just like she's completely absorbed back into what the relationship was. There actually there has been some change here, even though it feels like this, again, restoration and then this, re- this resumption <laughs> of what was, um, even in the way she's like describing her inter- internal struggle, it's clear that now like she doesn't it doesn't feel like her in a position where she think she um is beholden to Ren for everything she has. Um mm-hmm. uh, so there I guess there's a little bit of change there that I at least that I felt. Yeah. And there's also I, I think it's key that like she says, and I get and and when I get sick of singing can I retire to that place with you? That it's like also predicated on her achieving that dream in some way. Yeah. Um, and the shift that's happened is like, okay, well now previously I was like needing this wall, this non-contact um, to like give myself the resolve and the space to establish uh, these other things, you know, my singing and uh, my, it, my identity and, and all that. Um, and now that the wall has come down, it's like, okay, well, I want to have the, everything that we share. I like, I want to have that again. Uh, but I'm going to try to do that without, <laughs> without non-contact. Like we're going to try to do that with us being together again. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, we also get, uh, as like a, a further check on that scene, 
Uh, so of course, Hachi asks, how did the night go? Um, Nana doesn't answer at first. Uh, and mm-hmm. so she's all upset being like, you said, if I, if I asked you, you would, you would answer, you know, I just needed to ask. <clears throat> uh, but she does answer in her time. Um, and in her, her own way by, you know, later on that day saying, Hey, I can trust you. Uh, can you basically be the, the telephone go between until I get a cell phone, uh, between me and Ren, which then of course answers her question. Um, and Hachi is like very excited about this, but we immediately hear get Nana saying, this isn't good. Uh, how did I get myself into this mess? I didn't want it to be like this. I wanted some closure. I went there to, t- uh, went there to tell him off, but I got sucked in again. This is so uncool. Um, and then she's cr- curled up in that, that fetal position in a, uh, panel very reminiscent of that one that we talked about where she was in the, the apartment, you know, before it was filled with, yeah. um, all, all of the stuff in, in Hachi's room specifically. Uh, so, you know, different Hachi's room here where she's curled up. Um, but still Hachi has this like kind of optimism. Um, she's, she's obviously recognizing the sadness, but the, the voiceover says seeing Nana all curled up on my floor. It was the first time I've seen her act so cute. So now I'm on a mission. <laughs> I want happiness. Now I want a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still this way that uh, she's recognizing some of the the pain that Nana has, but I think is also um, maybe maybe underestimating it might be a way to say it. Yeah, um, perhaps. But also recognizing like there is a joy, there's a very like real joy of reunion that yeah, Ayazawa and the and the readers and like the characters are all feeling. Um, that is like legitimate. Um, and I think that's like the admixture here where it's like this tense. Um, Cause you have the blushing and the, just I, the way that Nana is illustrated in this moment, even though it's the same pose, it's like, it, it feels a little bit different. Um, so there is this like happiness that is mixed in here that yeah. Hachi just like at zooms in on like <laughs> latches on to, uh, and yeah, maybe doesn't see the rest. Yeah. Um, moving forward a little bit. Um, Hey, I, uh, wanted to call attention to, so we, we've get, uh, Hachi basically saying that, that she was dumped, uh, you know, says sh- my boyfriend cheated on me and then dumped me. Yasu sort of gives the sympathy to uh, Hachi and, and calls him a fool for doing that. Um, and then we get the voiceover. But actually, I didn't want Shon- uh, Shoji anymore either. So it's not totally true that I got dumped. So here we get like more of a recognition that she had already moved away from Shoji. Um, but I wanted Yasu's sympathy. Uh, and then we get over a, a panel of like Nana. Uh, I don't want any more nice guys. It's worse when they screw you over. Um, and I think it's important as we're about to move into conversations around Rera as this like uh, ideal of, again, like femininity, um, talent, all of that. Uh, we see, you know, exclusive interview, this photo of Rera um, in like a couple pages. We've got another shot from the the trapness program of Rera. Um, also just, you know, full sparkles, like glamor shot, uh, image. 
Um, all of this, I and I think like a core thing that we will see with Rera is um, as much as even our, our initial immediate introductions to Rera that we get in, you know, the chapter so far in the, the coming chapters, she's far more like uh, childlike at times. Uh, she's kind of goofy. She She's often with Naoki joking around <laughs> um, in the background. Uh, and we'll, we'll obviously get more about the, the various things that she struggles with. Uh, but one of them is, despite all of that, she's still often in many people's minds fused more than I think anyone else in like all of the, the band members, both bands fused with this idea of the celebrity and all of the stuff that that means. Yeah. Um, it's like a thing that's, that's really hard for her to, to escape. Whereas, um, you know, we are going to basically drop the celebrity idea of Takumi pretty quick as the, these chapters go on. Um, I mean, it starts already, but, uh, we, we're going to get a couple more volumes and like that idea of the Takumi that is the celebrity Takumi is like basically non-existent from, uh, you know, that the image, what that image is that being projected onto him, uh, that stuff is not nearly as present. Whereas like Ray, it's like one of the core things she struggles with. Yeah. And even Takumi says in these, um, one of these volumes, he points it out and he says, Oh, well it's not, I'm uh, me and Naoki are they're n- we're not really the popular ones. It's Rira and Ren that are like subject to this celebrity treatment. Yeah, yeah. When uh, they're like, I think on the elevator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's taking Hachi out. Um. Yeah, I don't know if you have more stuff to to go through in this chapter. Um, we've obviously got, uh, in, in her own way, Nana going into control mode, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I'll, all I'll say about this section we were just on is Hachi's, she's thinking about having feelings for Yasu, but worrying about like pulling Yasu away from Nana. Um, while Nana is looking at the magazine of Reira, which is a really strange yeah. interjection here feels like um, where we just cut to Nana looking at the magazine and then we cut back to um, Hachi and Yasu and you're like, what the hell does this mean? Um, well, uh, worrying about someone being pulled away from you. Uh, there is a, uh, maybe that's all that's all that needs to be said. Uh, maybe yeah. that's what Nana is doing right now as she looks <laughs> glares at this uh, magazine uh, uh, spread of Rera. Yeah. Uh, And of course we get the irony when we, when we know and which you learn pretty quick, like I think in this chapter or maybe next one, um, I forget it when it comes up. Um, Maybe it is. I think it's next chapter, Uh, but we get like, you know, Nana is looking at the picture of Rera. Hachi asks, so do you have a girlfriend, Yasu? And Yasu, looking at a picture of Reira, as we will see like in another page, says, I'm not popular in the realm of girls. With such like but a shit-eating look on his yeah. face. <laughs> uh, and I mean, some of it is like a joke because like he was with Reira. Right. Uh, but some of it is also in the same way that, that Nana is, you know, 
has this this anxiety is is glaring at this photo of Rayra, who's like she has this anxiety of her taking Ren away from her. Um, Yasu got dumped Ren took, by Rayra. Well, <laughs> yeah, Ren maybe not that kind simple, of, and and Takumi, but like Trapness, Trapness broadly took Rayra away from away from him as well. Yeah. Um, so, um. We get more about Rayra in the next pages. Nobu and Shin come in. They talk about yeah. Rayra. Uh, they're like... <clears throat> we, uh, for stuff to come, we get the note of Shin being like, oh yeah, I know a flight attendant who looks like Rayra. Uh, yeah, and her bleep XXX rules too. XXX fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah, uh, what do you, what do you in, think that video. is? Um, Something sexual. Yeah, it's definitely sexual. Uh, Hachi shouting Shin. Uh, Nanu say, or Nobu saying, no thanks, man, I don't want your sloppy seconds. Um, Which, yeah. We'll, we'll hear more about Nobu's views on <clears throat> female um, sexuality. <laughs> yeah, and shortly. then Nana comes back glaring, upset, but not about this, not about what Shin's actually getting, getting up to, is just snatching the cigarette away from his mouth to say... Um, you know, She's we need to stop doing on this Rayra yeah. interview the whole walk home. Yeah. <laughs> we got to stop smoking cigarettes. We got to do sit-ups. Uh, we got to build our core strength so that we can really, you know, I can belt it at the concerts. We can all, uh, have stamina to perform on stage for, for hours. Um, and Yasu immediately being like, Oh, this is about Rayra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, correctly identifying the source of Nana's, uh, emotional turmoil. Yeah, uh, and then of course it's got nothing to do with her work. Shut up, Baldy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her just ripping Yasu. Yeah, but uh, uh, oh, sure yeah. enough, she <laughs> Mizuko, does. Mizuko, she mentioned. <laughs> oh yeah, Mizuko, she jump the, scare the corner. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to. Do you think he's making burgers for his new wife? Evo for sure. <laughs> Seems like uh if he's a good husband, he is. Yeah. Making uh, making burgers out in the country with my childhood sweetheart wife. Had to sell my store in the city. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we end this chapter. Uh, hopefully, I'm not skipping past some big things we're going to talk about, but uh, we, of course, end with, you know, Nana's thank you gift to Hachi. Um, Hachi gets back from from work uh, and is all anxious about meeting Ren. Uh, and then the door opens and it's Takumi, um, who says, welcome home, Nana. And this is going to be a thing uh, continuing on is he will always call Hachi Nana. He, he doesn't say Hachi. Uh, but we do get it specifically as a thing that, like, seemingly Nana has, has coached him on. Of, hey, it's Nana, not Hachi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, this is a but, big moment. But he will use this, so. Um, I guess to, um, to make the first comments on this. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, you already laid the groundwork for this uh, moment. But there's a uh, um, 
Nana is trying to return the favor to Hachi that Hachi has given her. Um, through actions, not words. <laughs> through actions, not words. Bringing her together with someone who's going to make her happy. Um, but this is also a uh, critical juncture uh, in every way, plot-wise, thematically, um, character, everything. Um, critical juncture where things become uh, more complicated. Um, and it's also this this high of like this gesture is a gesture of so much like empathy and love and purity uh, from Nana to Hachi where yeah. in, and informed by like all of her feelings about all the positive feelings she has about this reunion with Ren, her channeling that love that she's feeling towards Hachi, like in this most, uh, you know, most powerful way, um, trying to give her the best gift she can possibly think to give, which is Hachi's dream. Uh, of course, and the dream is, you know, meeting Takumi. Um, and on this like beautiful moment of empathy and love, Ayazawa, uh, also slips in the dagger, <laughs> uh, one of the most gutting, uh, themes in the manga, uh, which is the way that people's dreams betray them. Um, and I guess stated another way, the way that people betray themselves. Um, and we'll find this out um, as we go on. <clears throat> but uh, by giving Hachi her dream, Nana has inadvertently initiated a chain of events that will hurt uh, Hachi horribly um, and also cause them both uh, horrible suffering. Um, and then there's this cutting irony of this result being born out of a gesture um, of this like tremendous kindness and friendship. Yeah. Um, and all of this is, I think this is like a, a frame it moment for our coverage of Nana. Um, yeah. Where like of the, the treatment of these themes. Um, but I'll just, I'll say that. And then, uh, I mean, and then hand it off to you, but I'll just say like frame it moment right there. <laughs> this is key. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I want to break down like some of what happens in the, you know, the final, uh, two pages here, um, of the chapter. Which, of course, uh, the voiceover here, so we have, like, um, you know, Hachi seeing Takumi crying, uh, the, the image of Nana just sort of smiling, eyes closed, um, Hachi thinking, oh, Nana, uh, and I'm gonna skip over this panel, but I, I will return to it, um, I just burst into tears, because I realized this dream come true was my special reward from Nana. I felt your love more than a million thank yous. You made my day, my year, my life. Um, there's obviously a lot of irony in this in terms of, um, you know, what's coming. the ways that, that, yeah, what's coming here. Uh, there is also still this focus on like, you know, even in recollecting perhaps this, this recognition of like 
the importance of Nana doing this gesture, even if it uh, ends in in plenty of tragedy. Uh, but I also want to call the the one other panel that I skipped over um, a very subtle nod to the the knife that is Takumi that is coming in here, uh, where he says, "I made her cry. What do I do?" Yeah. Um, kind of emphasizing, but in this like kind of jokey way, um, one, he's going to make her cry. (laughs) Yeah. Two, this like, what do I do with, with emotions? Uh, what do I do with like trying to deal with this aspect of things? Uh, a thing that, that Takami, um, again, uh, lack of empathy is probably one of the key things to describe him. Yeah. And I would say tragically for Takumi as well as uh, everyone around him. Um, But uh, yeah, this little snippet of dialogue um, hinting at a much more, uh, a problem that is, is that he has that will be uh, fleshed out much more robustly later. But I agree. Um, it preserves the like. It preserves the beauty of the the gesture. Um, the way that, like the the final page of the chapter, um, with this voiceover, like kind of crystallizing the emotion of the moment, uh, is really important because, like, just because of the the gutting um, irony and like despair (laughs) um, that it, that is carried within it. Um, It's also like a telling move that like the, the, um, the beauty of, of the gesture and what it means for the two Nana's is what's crystallized and emphasized. Like that's preserved. Even on, you know, we're rereading, we're perceptive to the way that this is devastating. (laughs) Um, But also, like, the other aspect of this is preserved. Yeah. Um, Do you want to move on to the next chapter? Yeah, definitely. Um... So hopefully I didn't, uh, <clears throat> hopefully I, that was the same, uh, point that you, that you had and I didn't just, yeah. uh, <laughs> take it in no. a completely different direction. Um, so getting into, to 15, um, I mean, one, we get this, uh, Hachi cooking to show love, um, and talk to me mm. here commenting on it. Um, this thing that, that he is recognizing in this moment uh, is sort of, again, this will continue to develop as like a thing that Hachi does. Um, but then I'm trying to see, I don't know if there's any like big stuff early on you want to talk about. Um, Takumi and Yasu know each other. Um, we find this out. Uh, when Yasu comes back, this is moving on a few pages. Um, Takumi greets him warmly. Yasu knows him right away. And uh, they discuss their 
their past together a little bit. Um, which, again, Ayazawa is often um, attentive to the importance of the past, the like, the way it persists and then like reemerges. Um, and we get that here. Uh, aptly, we also get. Uh, this is where it's revealed that uh, Reira uh, and Yasu uh, have a history together <laughs> as well. Um, so um, <clears throat> some stuff happening plot-wise, uh, also thematically, um, and, and for the characters uh, with these revelations. Yeah. Then the um, the mention of Reira shifts the mood, um, seemingly, where uh, both Nanas have strong feelings <laughs> reacting to this, because uh, surprisingly Nana does not didn't know that um, Yasu and Reira dated, so. Um, she has a whole set of emotions about this, uh, but the focus surprisingly is actually more on Hachi here. Um, and this kind of sends Hachi off to um, her struggling with her feelings of indistinction. Um, and then she is also comparing herself to Rera as this ideal. Um, in the same way that Nana, it, we've noticed Nana is. Yeah. Um, and starting to have, uh, well, I'll, I'll quote, uh, she's thinking about Reira and, and um, Yasu being together. Even if it's over, if Yasu had a girlfriend that talented and beautiful, why would he pay any attention to me? I'm no competition. We're worlds apart. Now Yasu seems out of my league. Yeah. Um, so first here, well, I'll let you, I'll let you jump in. Take, I was going to say, this. we also, we get this continuing out to, uh, and this is going to become like a, a core thing. And I think a, a, a thing that's happening here broadly across these chapters is like, um, further showing the ways that Hashi is vulnerable to someone like Takumi. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we also get from this, but then everyone here is from a different world, not like plain old me. They're only nice to me because I'm Nana's roommate. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> to go through a couple layers here. So first we have this, again, idealization and objectification of Rera that many of the characters are participating in. Um, I don't think it's an accident that we are shown how many of them <laughs> actually uh, participate in this because um, that will have implications for understanding Rayro later and just how much of this she's subject to. Um, but then also noticing the uh, going a layer deeper, the assumptions that are baked into this train of thought. Um, so Hachi is doing this thing that Nobu's going to do later, where she's not really viewing Reira as a person who has specific needs or behaviors in a romantic relationship, 
that may or may not be compatible with Yasu. Uh, and also assuming that all Yasu does, wants in a romantic partner is talent and beauty, when in fact those traits are probably irrelevant <laughs> to whether or not a relationship between two people is like fulfilling. Um, so she's having these like distorted uh, cognitive distortions, <laughs> uh, I guess we could say, um, around the ideas, uh, uh, around like relationships um, that are arising from this like feelings of inferiority and then hostility. Um, and then going a layer deeper down to those feelings, um, which you already, you pointed how to um, the other signs here, but yeah. Hachi's deep fears of like indistinction or inferiority that are um, aggravated by the talented and, you know, quote unquote talented. They are talented, <laughs> um, but talented and famous people around her. Um, and then her constantly diminishing in her own mind, the value of the real relationships that she has with these people in comparison to constructions of status um, that, you know, are irrelevant, well, um, materially relevant <laughs> in certain ways, uh, but not really like emotionally or substantially relevant. Um, so she's doing this um, self-diminishing. Um, yeah. And then, you you know, you already uh, kind of laid the, laid the path to where this goes next, but um, this will become important context for her relationship with Takumi. Um, part of the like mix of emotions that she brings into that. Um, and that informs how, how she thinks and acts um, with him. Yeah. Um, Something I, I, cause we then get uh, going on the, the beer run here. Uh, and the, one of the main things I wanted to, to call out here is so there's a part where they're talking about Nana and Ren getting back together. Um, and Nobu says, I think Ren and Nana have something rare. Uh, Haji says rare. Yeah. Or maybe something special. Uh, it's rare that they would still be so obsessed with each other after not seeing each other for two years. You'd think their feelings would have changed by now. It's also really rare to meet someone you're drawn to that much. Uh, and then as if to hammer home that this is also describing how Hachi and Nana are drawn to each other. And from the point of view from, you know, when this, this story is being told, supposedly, you know, the, the future that we will jump to, uh, they still have these feelings years later. Um, despite being apart for so long, uh, Hachi says like, love at first sight. That's my kind of story. Um, uh, again, yes, it are, is. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are literally reading. It literally kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but definitely another little moment of, uh, this thing happening that it is also getting set up as like the bigger overarching thing of, you know, the relationship that this is, this is focused on. Um, yeah, of course we get, uh, and in some ways, Nobu being the member, um, who's the most just like, you know, I can't compete with Takumi. We're going to get later on. Uh, there's a way that, uh, his relationship in the band is always sort of, um, 
I'm doing the things that, that Ren won't do for Nana, but it doesn't matter because I'm the one doing it and she wants Ren to be doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this is his dynamic from the, the start. So there's this inferiority stuff that sort of goes on with Nobu as well. And so for of sure. course they, they immediately, you know, Hit um, it it's a big Hachi being like, um, oh, you're just like a, a person, you know, <laughs> I'm like kind of starstruck and then I'm you. remembering. Yeah, that you're you're just a human that I relate to. I'm surprised. We're really similar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, he has this snippet of dialogue where he's like, everything sucks, Sober. My family disowned me. Everyone uses me. I suck at Mahjong. I'm short. Uh, so uh, he's describing that exact feeling that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and we even get here where... Um, Hachi said that Takumi left. Um, and we get uh, Nana saying, Hachi, forget Takumi. He's just a player. Uh, she says, I don't care. <laughs> You're cool with that? Then go do whatever. That's not what I meant. Uh, and then she says, you know, what I wanted was to get his autograph. Uh, and of course, Ren then promises, I'll get the autograph for you. Um also humorously thinks that it's cute that Ren calls him or calls her uh Hachi, <laughs> whereas other people is like, why is everyone calling me Hachi? Yeah. Um Then this uh <clears throat> Um well, it's not a final page, but ruminating on the um her burgeoning feelings for talking to me. Why does desire know no limit? Um and then waking up in bed with Shin, uh, which a lot of these moments with Shin early on, um, there's this like comedic framing. Yeah. As, as there is here, which is Hachi being like, oh my God, uh, why are you in my bed? Did we do something? And then Shin says, nothing happened. You didn't pay me, Hachi. Um, there's a couple other, like the comment yeah. about the flight attendant and, uh, there have, these little references are, are littered throughout. Um, I want to suggest here, Shin is crying for help. Yeah. It's not like we, we know Shin now we'll come to know Shin more there's no way he would, he views this as crying for help. He's just being like bratty and, uh, risque, uh, and, and all of these things. Like, I think this is his like intention, but it keeps happening. Um, and we're also, um, well, we'll talk about Shin later, but he's like 15 years old right now, I think is the, yeah, because um, there's a well, I think there's a point where he's going to turn sixteen. Yeah, <clears throat> so um, we can never, as readers, we should never uh, forget that Shin is fifteen years old and is like crying for help, even though the manga like intentionally does things that. Uh, lead us to kind of forget that. Uh, but I think yeah. that's, that's done for a, a reason. Yeah. Um, and then Hachi 
notably taking this seriously. Um, she's like one of the only ones who really not only identifies what's going like the, the truth of this, but then marries that <laughs> realization to like material concern where she like wants to do something about it. Um, and is kind of struggling with that. Um, she yeah, doesn't quite also, get there yet. Yeah. As she, she's wondering, you know, shouldn't I do something about this? Um, gets interrupted by the phone call that she's late for work. It's Yasu, but Yasu's like, wait, shouldn't she be at work? <laughs> um, and then is going to get, uh, fired and, and slam into the truck, the SUV that is Takami. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <clears throat> um yeah so we can just move on to that uh she's you know after getting fired um she's struggling uh she has this like listlessness and this desire that she's describing um throughout this volume I just want something for myself, something I'll put a little spring in my step. Um, and then, of, of course, slam comes the talking me SUV. Yeah. Um, of course, note that he calls and says, uh, sorry about yesterday. You made us a ton of food, but I left without saying anything. I wanted to thank you. Um, Nana, you're a great cook. It was perfect. Thank you. Um so again, like this thing, this recognition that he still has of like, yeah, of this thing that she's doing. Um, and it, we can sort of trace back to, um, you know, the stuff with Misato seemingly originating from like a certain desire to show love for, for Nana here. Um, but Takumi recognizes it. Um, but then, you know, the, the, moment of Nana like introducing Takumi to her. We get the big um, you know I felt your love more than a million thank yous you made my day, my year, my life uh, we've got all the other ones that have come up about like you know I felt like I was falling in love for the first time or whatever um, here this like big moment in the them having a more of a relationship um, Takumi and Nana we get um it was the summer when I was 20. I felt empty inside. I hadn't learned a thing from my past. I only wanted to fall in love. Back in those days, everything in Nana's world looked shiny and sparkling to me. It wasn't that I'd just go out with anyone. I just wanted to be uh, wanted to bask in Nana's shining light. Um, so again, even this decision to go with Takumi in the, the voiceover from the future is framed around, this is the decision I was making because I wanted to feel closer to Nana's world, this like world of celebrity that she's entering into. Um, and not, you know, here I am meeting the love of my life or whatever, which obviously the, the, she's talking about a divorce in the, the future, but um, still an important note here. Right. Yes. Um, um I, I think this is um, a dynamic that we discussed earlier, but uh, the this interplay of um, 
infatuation is too is too soft of a word, but the the interplay of like infatuation and identification with the two nanas. Um, so like yes, of course, there's a romantic love that we have mapped out, <laughs> draw attention to. Yeah. Uh, but there's also an aspect of that this relationship where there's like an identification where um, Hachi more obviously, but I think Nana, and I think also in the reverse direction, uh, but Hachi's like developing sense of self through understanding Nana and watching her live. Um, th- that's also ex- a very extremely important, like <laughs> part of the narrative and, and the other, um, element in this relationship. And so I think that's happening here. <laughs> uh, that that's part of the like motivation it, as you pointed out, like turns out it, not so good here. <laughs> um, but we see Hachi like de- her developing sense of what she wants and who she is, is like related to what Nana's doing and who Nana is. Um, and desiring that, um, in a way that is obviously related, but not like entirely the same as desiring her romantically. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then we go on to 16. Yeah. And this is a important first page to talk about. Uh, we get an image of, uh, presumably this is a, a very young Hachi, like as a child, um, sitting, watching a TV. Um, and we just get the glow of the TV. Like we don't see what's on it. Uh, but the voiceover says, when I was small, my mother could only be my mother. Teachers were teachers and cops were nothing but cops. It was just like that. Celebrities were celebrities. They were inherently different than me. So even at 20, I... Uh, and we get the, the trail off here. Um, of course, th- this is significant because we're getting this theme of celebrity showing up here. Um, mm. And this, that being a thing that is being challenged, uh, but also all this, this framing, my mother could only be my mother, etc., cetera, uh, is also tying into this, um, this limited idea of also like what a woman could be. Is, yeah. is also sort of going to be figured in this chapter is going to come up as a theme um, is again, as we've talked about, like the idea of I am a, a woman and I'm going to like grow up and I'm going to get married to a man and like be a beautiful bride or whatever. This also being this like limited idea uh, this, a woman can only be a woman in like this sense thing. That's also sort of holding her back in this moment from, from really recognizing the feelings that she has with Nana. Um, but then also, you know, this idea of celebrity is going to be one of the key things that, um, I mean, I will just say like enables some of Takami's abuse, um, in this chapter yeah. and, and following chapters. Um, but but the um, in terms of like what actually happens in in this chapter, it's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. But there's still I'll, much we can go into with like uh, uh, Hachi's inter- interiority. All I'll say, just to reinforce the um, the way you <clears throat> um, 
like noticed that the role of women um there's like an there's an erasing element of that uh like the erasure of of female desire um yeah. and selfhood that uh is is about to really come into play <laughs> um with uh hachi doing this uh erasing or like um effacing of her own desires um and then also we'll see other characters have these ideas as well yeah um i mean there's also this way that that she desires sex but that that desire for sex is a thing that is more um you know we're we're specifically going to get nobu and shin talking about this in another way but like uh men are allowed to be sexual in a way that that women often aren't within society um so part of what we're getting especially like early on where um she's in this car with takumi she's thinking about like takumi's just a player obviously this is like he's taking me to go have sex which is is you know true he he gets impatient at the the you know red light and kisses her um and, you know, we see her blushing, uh, obviously having this, this sexual desire, um, in this moment, but we also then get her, her wrestling with the guilt. Um, you know, what should I do? I didn't come here just to, I should get out of here. Uh, he's just a player. Yeah. Uh, then why did I get in his car? I know where I stand. He never go out with me. I'm not stupid. I knew where a drive and dinner might lead to. I should have known it. Uh, it end up like this. Why am I hesitating? It's a once in a lifetime chance. I didn't have a boyfriend. So why should I feel guilty? Uh, or I don't have a boyfriend. Why should I feel guilty? I should just go for it and cherish the memory. Um, and so we've, we've got like in this, like one page where I've read stuff, we've got these like multiple layers of like the guilt that women are, have to feel around having sexual desire. Um, but then also the way that, by pursuing that desire and, and, uh, being taken advantage of as she is going to be by Takami in, in, you know, multifarious ways as the the manga goes off. Um, but, uh, you know, at even like pursuing that is a, a thing where, uh, you know, a lot of sexual assault victims are blamed for their assault. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you should have known where it would end up. You know, that's a thing that she said. I should have known it'd end up like this. Um, I'm not stupid. I knew where a drive and dinner might lead to. Uh, this sort of blaming for herself for the situation that she's in, rather than Takumi being someone who has this power over her as a celebrity that she um, is a fan of to have sex with her. Um, there, there's so much of the... Uh, and I mean, it's like a, a trope in media of, you know, the the woman being raped who then ends up liking it, uh, which is, of, of course, a, a like terrible version of this. Uh, but we we get this like far more honest version of how Hachi ends up sort of continuing to be in this situation, um, feeling some sort of like this is the decision she's making but of course this this entire sequence is showing how um basically with the power dynamic that exists there's like no way for this to be um 
especially in this this instance like there's no way for this to be like this truly consensual or uh like devoid of those those power dynamics being a thing that is um influencing her and like pressuring her into things um and some of it is like takami some of it is just the cult of the celebrity uh as like a thing that that she is seeing when she sees takami some of it is just society's pressures on women um and the way that they are supposed to perform sexuality um and the ways yeah. that they are are supposed to blame themselves for like when that goes wrong uh all of this stuff is, is really getting laid out um like in detail in her her interiority here yeah and um to go maybe a little well i guess the first thing i'll say um the anxieties about like the shame and like the anxieties about um being condemned for her sexuality and like slut shaming and all of that um that pops up in a bad way uh well <laughs> what's a what's a good way yeah <laughs> um but that pops up with bad consequences very shortly uh in the future um yeah and but for like confirming uh when when it does pop up confirming again like how much of that is um in the mix here um i think the other <clears throat> to look at like so yes there is of course like this power dynamic um and this um I I hesitate in a way to call like Takumi's behavior at like in this moment like abjectly predatory um although I think the like the kiss the moment of the kiss there's a violence and like a um there's a violence to it that could be seen as an assault um but there is this way that like even with all of the dynamics that you that you pointed out, um, Hachi is having this internal monologue precisely because, like, there is a possibility that she could, you know, not get in Takumi's car or leave right now, like, at the penthouse or uh, articulate, like, what her actual desire is. In theory, um, she could do those things but she doesn't. Um, and the, like the reasons for why she like, why that doesn't happen are, uh, as you said, multifaceted, but the, um, I guess the part that I, I wanted to like add is, um, the manga is very, One of the things that it does very well is it understands how much of our feelings about ourselves influence our feelings about other people, um, like especially in romantic relationships or well, in a relationship, but especially I think 
in romantic relationships. I think this would be part of the argument of the, um, of the manga and Hachi's like feelings about herself. Le- like more so than anything that Takumi is, uh, or that he like displays to her in the actual real interactions that they have. Um, her like gravitating t- towards him and eventually pursuing a relationship with him. We see just how much of it is like arising from positive and negative feelings that she has about herself and like all these contextual factors um, and like the trajectory of her, of her life um, and all, all these different things happening. Um, and I think <clears throat> to go back to what you said uh, earlier, Hachi is, yes, Hachi is desiring <laughs> sex with Takumi, at least at some point. Um, yeah. If not the entire time, like at least at some point. But she's desiring sex of a certain kind in a certain context that like is not what is going to be provided. <laughs> um, yeah. And the moment where um, this came through like most poignantly for me was a um, few pages later on when they're eating and uh, they're talking about like uh, the tour and Hachi's saying, Oh, you guys hit the road tomorrow. Do you have time for this? Um, and talking to me is like, Oh, it's cool. We leave super early in the morning, but you can stay here and sleep in. And then she's like deflated. Um, and he says, Oh, well, you know, it's not like, I don't want to leave. Um, and then she immediately is like doing this self-effacing. <laughs> um, she's deflated for a reason. Uh, and then she's kind of doing the self-effacing like, Oh, forgive me. It's what, you know, it's, uh, it's not like I expected to wake up in the morning next to you or anything. Well, that's exactly, that is what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, that's like the, the sex that she wants and the context for the sex that she wants. Um, which is like this intimacy waking up together in the morning. Like that's all part of it. Um, and part of the like fulfilling of her desire and fulfilling of like her sexual desire. Um, but she, in this moment, instead of like, I think even allowing herself to, to recognize that and articulate that effaces it. Um, and that this is like a key moment. I think this is where it's uttered um like at least w- a big aspect of what's wrong here <laughs> is uttered in this moment where like these are the different visions of like sex uh yeah and like that's why this is not going to be <laughs> like a good a good moment uh and fulfilling um, like for both people we also get and a thing with talking to me that, that I sometimes like even reading through, uh, I have my feelings about these things, but like there, there's things that talking to me will say about like, um, you know, for me, like 
it's it's hard for me to always text back when I'm on tour and then like, you know, I, so it's hard for me to like keep a girlfriend, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and some of this is like how how much of that is is true? How much of that is a thing he says? How much of it is kind of true, but also he says it because he knows that he can get reactions with that. Um, and then and late a, a thing, work. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a thing here that then also comes up, uh, and we do get a little bit of glimpse into this, uh, which is, you know, he's, we know from talking to me later on that he, uh, despite lacking like in empathy, as, as we say, um, he is still perceptive about people, uh, at times, I think. Um, and so there's this way that I think he has recognized that Hachi responds to people recognizing the, the cooking that she's doing. Uh, and so specifically in this moment where she's still kind of down and dejected about like, you know, Oh, don't look so sad. It's not like I want to leave and her being like, Oh, you know, saying I wasn't expecting to wake up next to you in the morning or anything. Um, he then says, Hey, when the tour's over, I'll come see you first thing. So cook me up something good. He's going to do this, but we'll also see in those chapters, this, it, it seems he does that in response to being reminded of this, in response to having the drink thrown in his face and, you know, the people yelling at him about, you know, being so crass about Hachi, these sorts of things. Um, yeah, was he intending to do that anyway? Or does he do it because he, you know, he gets he sort challenged? He gets called by, on it. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, does he do it to, like, get this revenge? Um, and yeah, we get the, the moment as well where, you know, the final out in a way for, for Hachi, Nana calls, um, you know, maybe this is the the thing where she says, um, you know, I want to go home. Can you come meet me or something like that? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but instead still has this like, um, the shame about what's happening. This, um, well, I can't tell her about Takumi, uh, I don't want her to think I'm a, a total slut. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, later when when she uh, texts Junko about it, um, Junko immediately smells. This is about, like, she's with some guy, uh, but she's keeping it secret from, from her roommate, which seems dangerous. Uh, you know, seems like maybe somebody dangerous. Um, but, of course, we also get that question of, why would she be having an alibi with with her uh, roommate? Are they going out? <laughs> I wonder mm-hmm. if they're going out. Um, which again, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, but yeah, this is a. The, oh, you, you can finish this thought because I have another thing. Um, I was just going to say the moment where uh, Hachi lies about where she is um, is important important yeah. moment um in couples counseling i think they would call this turning away instead of turning <laughs> towards <laughs> yeah uh this is a moment where hachi turns away um and that's not good yeah and we specifically get this moment um i mean it's uh most of it is on like one page but i'm gonna start on the the page before it uh i can't tell nana i don't want her to know um, and then this is the heartbreaking page of, I don't want Nana to think I'm a total slut. She'd be bummed. Um, and then we get this panel of like, 
uh, Nana in a reflection with her eyes, then just her eyes in the panel. Uh, but Nana, I too want true love just like you do. I'd love to have something like you and Ren have. Um, and then uh, Nana's eyes closed. Hey Nana, actually I'm not okay at all. I don't want to have a one night stand with Takumi. What should I do? Nana, I'm scared, but I think it's too late to turn back. Um, and so again, in this like final moment where, we, you know, you turn the page and um, it's Takumi and, and Hachi. Uh, like talking to me basically uh, them having sex beginning yeah, sex. The, the start you know sort of pushing her over into the bed um, and then of course and I can't tell him that I want him to love me uh, what if I get hurt all over again so yeah um, so we'll see unfortunately we'll see a lot more of talking to me and Nana or uh, Takumi and Hachi together. Um, but we already have a, a bad mix. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, suffice it to say, there's many layers uh, of motivation that are happening for Hachi in, in this. Um, like restriction and motivation. Um, external and, you know, external restriction and self-restriction. Um and then her her feelings and motivations kind of leading to this. Um, so, but maybe uh, we've said enough on that for now. Uh, yeah. We can move on. Um, final moments of the chapter, just to, to highlight. So we get uh, on the train, the band, um, and they talk a little bit about Yasu to Reira. Um and, you know, ended up moving to Tokyo for his band. So now he's trying to make it as a musician. Um, and, you know, she notes, what the hell? But he always said he could never take playing music seriously. I don't get it. Uh, so why did he change his mind now? And we see Nana saying, hey, Yasu. And and Yasu smiling. Um, so, again, That's we, why. we have the answer <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh and here with Yasu, you know, Nana sort of does admit, uh, well, Reira really was great on stage. I was so jealous. There's no way I can compete. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and then, yeah, Yasu teasing her a little bit about it. Um, but, uh, Yeah. Moving on. Um, yeah, I think we can go to the, the next volume. Okay. Two chapters left. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get a uh, Shoji. I don't know if you had anything else. Shoji right? popped up. Oh, in the, in Junko's room? No, in the, in the, at the end of uh, the, the volume. He pops up um, on the park bench. Oh, yeah. Shoji Forrest Gump's it. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we learn uh, very briefly that he's, he's moving in with Sachiko. Um, so, so, yeah. You know. And now we can move on. Cause we don't need to talk about Shoji anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, true villain. The, <laughs> the little, uh, volume six illustration here for the, you know, first, uh, page inside the cover of, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. Nana kissing Hachi's cheek. 
and her uh, smiling. Um, yeah, we haven't spent any time on these the volume covers. Um, yeah, maybe I when we get to that. the end, we can we can basically the the covers themselves of the the volumes are so the first one is just Nana kind of sad alone in the room. Uh, second one, Hachi shows up and it's all brightened. Um, and then they basically just go on like an extended, uh, date together. <laughs> um, I mean, there's like outfit changes, so it might be multiple days, but like all of them is like, here they are riding a bus here. They are like in a movie theater and, you know, not as falling asleep on Hachi's shoulder. Um, and all of them just focused on them seemingly on a date. <laughs> yeah. So. A lot of dates. Yeah. Um, but chapter 17. Yeah. So flash forward, it's July 7th, which is con- the day before the end of Trap Nest Tour. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> it's Shoji's- also the curse to number 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. Pointed out by Junko. Yeah. Uh, now that Shoji has been dispensed of, Kyosuke and Junko are getting short shrift in our analyses. Yeah. Uh, these are, uh, I'm, I'm moving past it. Yeah. I'm not going to diminish these sections. Uh, they're still good, important sections, but, uh, but there, we're, there we're is also a, a, a pointed way that like, um, you know, Hachi is still friends with them, but she has a new friend group now that she spends yeah. most of her time with. Um, yeah, we get the we get this bit about uh the Tanbata, uh the like wishes that you write um to to hang from uh what is it, bamboo, I think. Mm. Um and they're all writing down like uh kick trapness butt, things like that. Um Nana goes to to turn on a fan and they all blow out into this, you know, the street and uh alongside the river, basically. Um and Ada, like, blowing out is sort of this, like, out of the window uh, flying is still sort of this, like, joyous moment um, of everybody yeah. sort of laughing. Uh, and then we see land in the grass. Uh, one that Nana wrote that says, I wish Hachi finds a boyfriend, a long-haired one. Yeah. Well, um, which came true. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to pause really quick and just say... Um, cause I wouldn't feel right if, if I didn't say this. So to, I feel like part of an analysis, uh, part of any like, you know, critical analysis of an art object should consider the like social, the historicity of the, <laughs> of the object and like the social historical context of uh, of the work, we haven't done that very much, um, which is fine. I think we, I think we will eventually. <laughs> um, but and there's reasons for it because we're not, um, we're not Japanese. And I think either one of us is an expert on um, this period of time in Japan. Uh, although, for this reason, I've. I've been reading up more (laughs) 
Uh, and again, I think we'll be prepared to do this discussion sometime later. Um, but I'm just going to say now there's um, two, uh, two pieces of important historical context that I, I think should be brought in to analyzing Nana <clears throat> is the concept of like the lost decades or the lost generation in Japan. Um, specifically, it's the manga set in 2001. The lost decades are this period of the 90s through the 2000s. And I guess it's debated how much further it goes. Um, and there's a lot going into that. Um, and then also, like, specifically punk rock in Japan is the other context um, and the history of that. But um, again, I'm putting them here so that we will remember it to not be remiss that we're neglecting it, but also so hopefully we remember to touch on these later. Um, yeah. But the whole stuff with the Tanabata, like the, uh, like traditional Japanese culture popping up here. I think that's important. Um, tied into these things. Um, the manga is not really foregrounding the like meditations that it has on uh, the s- social context and like the historicity of the moment. Um, but I do think it's there and important. And like, this is a scene that we could maybe think about whenever we get around to that. Yeah. Um, another note in this too is on, um, this will be a recurring thing. The, the various like Japanese cultural things that Shin does not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, you know, Mahjong, he's, he's an expert at, um, but there are a lot of these things, especially things that like, you know, gets specifically called out. You never, uh, even made Tanzaku in grade school. You're just blanking. Um, and again, all these things of like, especially normal Japanese, uh, like childhood, um, we get coming up as, as things that, uh, Shin does not have, um, yeah, the like, the mystery about his childhood and his life, um, and then also like him being this outsider um, to like Japanese culture uh, are things that will come up more as we go. Yeah, um, but then you know we we've got. Uh, Hachi doing makeup with the TV on um, and running to the TV to, to look at this, you know, again, the, the idealized celebrity image of Takami on the screen. Um, but then remembering, Hey, when the tour is over, I'll come see you first thing. So cook me up something good. Yeah. And her, like we, it's revealed the extent to which she's like clinging to this. Um, the uh it's probably redundant with the discussion we already had but um if i didn't like say it in this neat package <laughs> um i would i would feel bad um but the moment of like her getting the note um when she's waking up in in the pent talking penthouse her like 
inability to articulate, like her not allowing herself <clears throat> or being unable to articulate what she truly wants, which we unpacked. Um, combined with Takami not caring, <laughs> either not like just not being able to understand that and or not caring. Um, like her inability to articulate that, but still the power of that desire leads her to latch on to like this, these scraps that Takumi is going to give her. What's literally the note is a scrap um, and that she's been clinging on to. Um, but the core dilemma, like causing this is the fact that like she wants this so powerfully um, it, it becomes Takumi for all these other reasons. Um, but she wants this like love relationship so badly um, but she can't articulate like for herself yet. And this, and then for, to no one else either, like what she really wants. Um, so instead she's just stuck in this, like uh, this, this desperate longing. Um, yeah. And this is where we like, which uh, <laughs> this yeah, is where I mean, we get her uh, here. To, to draw it even further too, like, we get her doing the the cliche and it's called out as like a cliche fortune telling, uh, plucking the, the petals off of the flower. Uh, but instead of, but she's basically saying the same thing. Uh, you know, he loves me. He loves me not. It's he'll come. He won't come over. Um, and you know, she, she prepares the food anyway. Um, and while preparing it is also thinking this, like, it's probably better if he doesn't show up. Then I could just forget about him. If Takumi comes over, I'll have some explaining to do Nanana. There's no way I could hide it from her. But then, maybe there's nothing to hide. Uh, if Takumi comes over, like he said, what's there to feel guilty about? So again, this, like, pressure that she's then put on this moment of, if he doesn't show up, he doesn't love me. It was just this one-night stand. This is everything. I can, I can just try and forget about it. The all or, or nothing thinking. <clears throat> If he comes over, it means that he loves me. Um, yeah. And this is a thing where, um, you know, we can say, we'll get to a point later on where we'll have moments with talking to me, where talking to me is going to be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> how can you expect it? Not just to Hachi, but um, to other people as well. Like what the hell? Why are you, why do you expect X, Y, and Z? Um, and of course we will indict Takumi extensively for his many crimes and the, um, the role that he plays in, in all of this. Um, but the manga is also, um, I think it is honest about like, this isn't all just talking me. This is not because of talking me that like Hachi is doing this. Like this is because of who Hachi is at this moment. Like, and also this, like, um, again, she, she's searching for love. Um, in the voiceover, she's recognizing the acts that, that Nana is doing that are these like signs of love. Um, but again, she, I don't think she's at this point to recognize 
that is the relationship that she could have with Nana. And so she's also desperate to have the guy that she can love. Yeah. And there, and then like latching on to like Takumi. Okay. Yes. There's intention in Takumi leaving the note, but like this moment where she's remembering him talking about the tomato, like, and you know, latching on to this and then buying it, going to Junko and getting a shitload of tomatoes and like (laughs) doing all these things. This is not (laughs) talking. He didn't say that to make her get a bunch of tomatoes, you know? Uh, Like there's a, (laughs) there's a degree of uh, this is really more about Hachi's uh, internal motivations here. Yeah. Um, and seeing like how how she's struggling. Um, and we also get this moment, uh, which again is this like almost part of the tragedy, where um, you know Nana's saying, "Oh, I don't think Ren's coming over. I wouldn't like really invite them over, anyways, because I would just get kind of competitive about it." Um, and Hachi having like this moment of disappointment, uh, like almost accepting here, like Takumi is not going to come over. Uh, and this is where Nana in a, in a more genuine way is like, well, let's still eat the food. Like you made all this food. You worked so hard. You went through this trouble. Um, like, let me eat it. Uh, and she, you know, Hachi brightens here and, um, you know, Takumi doesn't come over. There's, there's another, there's another, uh, like possibility here. <laughs> yeah. We get a glimpse of it. Like Nana is the person <laughs> that yeah. is giving Hachi, maybe not fully like because of complexities there as well, but yeah, her in the moment, this moment becoming the person who's giving Hachi exactly the thing that she wants, um, like yeah. literally. Uh, and then that not really being, understood fully by either either one of them yeah um yeah we uh then we go to the you know yeah we get that the after party we've we got some uh again we can talk about this more next time but just to to briefly call it out you know um shin talking about uh what about reira um, as, as Yasu's leaving and then Rara comes and immediately reacts to Shin with, Oh my God, what a cutie. Mm-hmm. Um, come play with me. <laughs> um, yeah. And the uh, kind of, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit jarring, uh, cause we haven't gotten much of Rara's like, we had a little bit in the earlier scene after the concert, but we haven't gotten much um, of Rera actually being Rera. And so it's jarring that like we now get it after all of this like <laughs> idealization and all these other people's feelings about her. Um, it's like who she is is so different. Uh, and then that becomes the thing that is um, noticed. <laughs> Uh, and reacted to by Shin and especially Nobu. Yeah. Um, there's also an, an intentional way that uh, Reira 
becomes this like sort of childlike with Shin, you know, yay, I'm down. Yay. Come with us. Uh, stuff like that. Um, which is as we get more into Rayra's character, we can, we can talk about the reasons why she is sometimes childlike. Um, but also a predatory dimension where noting, well, seeming to, because it's inflecting her, her language, um, noting his like youth and then um she will she will eventually pay him for sex um yeah and so the end of these chapters yeah um so then her jumping right away like into this um i don't know if it if we need to qualify it or if we can just say it's a predatory it'll become more complicated later. Um, yeah. But a predatory We're, like relation right away. Yeah. Um, one, it, the, the relationship itself will become more complicated. And then also we will, we will understand the, the ways that Rayra has been kept childlike and has like been kept in a, yeah. a, a sort of immature, um, like mentality. Uh, by again the the ultimate abuser of <laughs> Nana Takumi, but yeah, um, yeah we we get of course the as we talked about it I think a few times now, um, you know Takumi oh Nana, uh, would would she really want my autograph now, um, so again he's kind of immediately assuming, um, how much of this is true that that everyone just kind of. Uh, leaves him or how much is he just recognizing that he is just a player and he did just use her for sex um you know i don't think she'll want one now i slept with her the next day uh a lot of the way he's acting how much i feel like this is to some degree genuine that he i don't think he really intended to go back to hachi mm-hmm. um but there's also a way that he's sort of performing masculinity as well in yeah. this like way of talking about having sex with a woman, um, all of that. Um, and, and that it, of course ties into there, there probably is some real underlying anxiety about like, I'm, I'm so busy with my job all the time that like, it's difficult for me to be someone that someone would commit to and for me to commit to someone else. And so this is kind of all that I have. Um, yeah. And following on, I guess, I, I think that the, the way the manga presents Takumi is it's all of the above. Yeah. Like all of these things are true. Um, at once. He's still a shitbag in, in it, but <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, maybe this is a good time to say like we're not going to absolve Takumi of uh, responsibility for the the many horrible things that we're going to see him do. Uh, yeah. But, but, but we are going to see how that stuff comes from his childhood, his way of, like interacting with people, uh, the way that people have interacted with him, like the things that he struggles with, it all comes out of that 
but also he then does things that are deeply uh, abusive and irresponsible and all of that. Um, And so also, well, go on. Sorry. So there, yeah, there is this like complexity where, um, but, but I think some of it is just an honesty of like, yes, abusers are, are usually acting out of some other, uh, past abuse or other like things that they are struggling with or that they have had to, um, deal with in their lives. Uh, there's also specific ways that like, they are still accountable for their actions in spite of that, even if that is informing it, even if that is like, you know, part of what is happening, uh, that does not absolve him of those like specific things that he needs to be trying to, to do to improve, I guess. Like one of the things that, and we'll talk about this more as it, it goes on. Um, and there are some ways that Takami will get, I think, better. Uh, as a uh, a person um but we also see the ways that that nana who's you know one of the main parallels for takami here um and one of the main person who or people who does sort of abusive and manipulative things at times uh and that's coming out of like her trauma and and all in in the same way uh but there is a way where a lot of that stuff um, I mean, one, it, it, it's gendered and there's just a different power dynamic in, in terms of that. Uh, but there's also a way that, uh, I think we can talk about how she is more wrestling it as a thing that she wants to get past in the way that Takami usually does not seem to be doing that work. Um, yeah, but we, we can talk about more specifically when those things come up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and all of that to say, again, we're not going to uh, absolve any anything. Um, however, I will say that Takami is, gets one of the most complex and sensitive portrayals of any character in this entire manga. And I think there's good reason for that. Um, yeah. And... And it's not, it would be very much oversimplifying, um, not that you did this, uh, but I'm going to prefigure it by saying, um, it's not just the type of complexity that is like, oh, you know, he, he was abused and that's why he's an abuser. And it's not this kind of like mitigating it, it, it's much more like humane, like than than that um yeah it's not just the like uh doing the simple adage of like well hurt people hurt people you know um yeah it's like a very extremely humane grappling with this talking me as an entire person who like does uh abuses people for a lot of reasons um but is not only that and like it is also you know carrying these multi uh multifaceted motivations and a lot of which are, have nothing to do with intending with ill intent um yeah and uh sometimes sometimes he's actually just correct <laughs> 
about certain things um, that are not related to the abuse, obviously. But um, yeah, sometimes talking. But also, sometimes sometimes he's correct. Like the the uh, get out of here, you other like agent showing the apartment. Uh, don't you care about people's feelings? You need to stop and care about pe- people's feelings in addition to being correct. <laughs> yeah. It will also come up sometimes. Yeah. Um, and whether or not, um, well, we have, we'll have plenty of opportunities more to, <laughs> to discuss him. Um, but there's one moment in particular that I'm thinking very, uh, at the very end of the manga where, uh, Takumi is right about something. And the fact that he is not listened to uh, because of, well, also a lot of reasons, um, but the fact that he is not listened to is what actually pre- pre- precipitates like the worst tragedy in the manga. Um, so, and that's part of the story that we have. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, we have a lot yeah, of feelings get- about Takumi, which is, um, which it fills me with anticipation for, <laughs> uh, I know how much you dread, like, I know how you, how you hate him and how much you dread his arrival. Um, but we have so many feelings and it's good to discuss them. Um, I mean, it's possible that Nana would not be my favorite like piece of work ever if there wasn't a character like Takumi who comes into it and and Probably makes not. a whole mess of things. If it, if it just ended important. with yeah, if it just ended with um and then Nana and Hachi get together and they say I love you and they're girlfriends now. Um I I don't think I would like it as much as I do. Uh you know. Yeah. The the complex Takumi is an important thing for also digging into like the complexities of Nana and her trauma and the ways that it holds her back from being able to care for others. And at times her others, um, that is like part of what really resonates with me with the manga. And one of the reasons why, uh, I especially, I mean, I, I latched on to, to Nana early on reading it. Um, but there's definitely parts as it continued on where I was more and more like, well, goddamn now it's, now it's like coming for me, you know? Uh, (laughs) Um, I, I would say I also think I'm better than Nana in some of these aspects. Um, I've, I've, I'm maybe further along on doing the work. Um, but there are definitely ways where I see myself sometimes in the, uh, you know, the way that she will, she will push away or, um, we need to talk about other things as it will go on. But yeah, we should talk more about our, um, our personal feelings about these characters because at later though later yeah <laughs> um, um uh, anyway i was just noticing you know talking me we're going back now in our discussion to the the uh machismo of him like bragging dismissing that he slept with hachi um i just want to say credence to your point of that this is machismo because he earlier chokes Nobu uh, because Nobu says something about Rera and Takumi quickly hears and like menaces him <laughs> uh, to not to protect the princess. Um, so he has this like performative 
um, machismo that uh, around women um, that I, I think is informing the uh, how he's acting and what he's saying. Yeah. Um, so. Um, and of course, after the the whole confrontation with uh, Shin and Nobu um, and and Takumi, uh, you know, there's the part as he's leaving where he says, "Against me, he can't even compete. He shouldn't fight for a girl he doesn't have the guts to date." Um, specifically, you tell Nobu this, um, and Ren, who's the one that Takumi's speaking to here, says. Um, okay, I agree with the second bit and I'll tell him. Um, which of course has its own resonances with, uh, what's going on with Ren and Yasu as well. Yeah. The, the, the same thing that Yasu told yeah. him more or less. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, we get, um, Nana waking up, uh, seeing Hachi and Takumi together. Um, and then we get again, like slumped against the door in a room. Uh, and this is another one of those sort of ambiguous, um, voiceovers where it's, Hey, Nana making your dreams come true and being happy. Why are they two separate things? I still don't know why. Um, which again, could be Nana in this, in this moment, thinking about Hachi, and saying, you know, I wanted to make your dreams come true. That's different than being happy. Um, but this could also be Hachi thinking this from the future. Um, you know, my dream came true, but that didn't make me happy. Uh, my yeah. dream of like meeting Takumi and everything. <clears throat> uh, last discussion we had, I felt like a real, I was like, I felt like a real stooge. Cause I wanted to talk about the, the, this, the theme of dreams, yeah. Um, but I was doing it like, I don't know, just in the moment and afterwards, I felt like I was like, oh, it's about people's dreams. And like, this is a really complex theme and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I just felt like I was babbling about it and not really making a point. <laughs> so I'm really like, I'm so happy that it all comes good in these, like in these volumes where I yeah. could just be like, yeah, like this is what I. I'm redeemed from when I was trying to talk about it last time. Uh, this is what I was trying to talk about. This is the, <laughs> this is the theme. Uh, also, uh, talking me, um, will give us one of the most devastating lines in the entire manga. Uh, later on, I'm not going to quote it yet, but, uh, he'll express this theme as well. And one of the probably most devastating lines of the manga um so yeah yeah i just wanted to say i feel redeemed now <laughs> um so yeah should we get into i mean we've got uh nana leaving um as takumi and and hachi go to the bedroom uh the little voiceover here uh you know, Hachi says, I assume she was going to see Ren. Um, and then we immediately cut to the beat. I feel like this sort of gets intercut throughout, but we, we get this conversation between um, Shin Nobu and Nobu. And Shin. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I have like just a, a few key things to uh, bring out here, um, especially this page where uh, they're sort of talking about like, why would Hachi have gone in the car? Nobu is to some degree um, correctly identifying like, you know, she's just a starstruck fan, uh, starstruck fan. Like that's why she got into the car with him. Um, there, there is a certain truth to this. We, we, we saw to some, it's part of what we saw, right? Um, he's not entirely wrong here. Uh, but Shin is also providing this additional context that we also saw. Like this isn't really why. Yeah. There, there are multiple or there's multiple factors here. Uh, cause Shin then, you know, says maybe she wanted to sleep with him. Uh, Nobu says you're talking like that too. Hachi's not that kind of girl. Takami must've conned her and Hachi fell for it. She's being duped. Um, of course we saw in that, that chapter many times where Hachi was like, I'm not stupid. I kind of know what's going on. Uh, there's these other ways that she felt pressured though. Um, and of course Shin says, you think so? I don't think Hachi's that stupid. Um, you know, Nobu insists not stupid, just innocent. Um, yeah, well she can't, yeah, she can't help herself in this different way. Like, yeah, she doesn't have agency in this different way. Then (laughs) It's not that she's done. It's that she's this other thing. (laughs) <laughs> stupid that's a that's a bad thing to say about a, a woman innocent that's a good thing. <laughs> you know yeah. in like a certain societal way that is true um society believes that i'm not saying i believe that <laughs> yeah i know I, yeah. Um, I got you but yeah shin shin then says uh nobu uh you even got disillusioned by reira you've got to be uh, you've got some unrealistic ideas about women don't you think women get horny um and of course, this is where where uh, Nobu says, "Don't lump her in with the sluts you mooch off of." Um, and Shin responding, "Hey man, I don't think the women who want to sleep with me are sluts. Short sighted, perhaps. Maybe they're a little lonely. Hachi and her boyfriend just broke up. Maybe she's lonely. But you didn't make your move, so a guy like Takumi takes her away. And even if she just slept with him for fun, knowing Hachi, she'll get more and more attached." Uh, but seeing how Takumi acts, it's obvious Hachi's going to get hurt. Um, and here's just Shin, like, really rating the situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he, pre- he nails it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is also getting at this this thing that's going to be a, a core issue for Nobu, uh, which is this idea, this, like, very uh, Madonna and the horror to do a, a, the Western version of it, um, idea of women. Um. You yeah. know, Hachi's a good woman, and then there are those sluts that, like, Shin would sleep with, you know? Yeah. And um, also just showing how, like, it, to me, this is really, um, I don't want to speak in generalities, but, like, this is really, a, like, a, a young, a very young, like, man type of <laughs> train of thought that yeah um like it, i don't know how old nobu is supposed to be not much older than shin probably right in his like 18 19 um yeah i think probably uh probably like nine because what nana's hachi i th- i think of nobu as younger but i don't know if that's actually true um yeah maybe not um but yeah, this just feels really like a young, 
man yeah, he, type of he's like, 20 okay um <clears throat> so like probably um this is more what i would associate with like earlier i guess uh high school yeah like for me like having these feelings and like not being aware of having these feelings or like what they are um definitely like early high like middle school and then like early high school um but you know like anything there's there's always more layers deeper that (laughs) are persist so i can't claim like oh you know I've completely unburdened myself of whatever gendered constructs I I once had. Um, You just get to the deeper layers of them that you're, as you're unpacking. Um, And they, they, they persist, but like all that to say, I think this is Nobu. We're learning more about him being like sheltered. um, Yeah. And like immature where like having these feelings um, and then also not like interacting with women or just having these, like, of, of course he has a relationship with Nana, um, but not really having close relationships, like, and knowing many women, uh, yeah. and there's not knowing Hachi, <laughs> like in this moment, um, just like yeah, outright is, not knowing her. And it is... In this moment, too, we, we are seeing, uh, tragically, you know, the the reasons behind it. But uh, Shin is not immature in this way. Um, yeah. He he is the, the more mature one in this situation, uh, which, of course, has its, like, benefits for, for Shin to be able to be a caring person towards the woman in his life. Uh, but, of course, there, the, there's the tragedy behind the reasons why. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that he knows like, these maturity. things are is yeah. because that he has been abused, <laughs> yeah. uh, and is actively like being abused by these women. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then this this conversation concludes with, uh, like a, a putting forth of which has sort of shown up a little bit in the the manga, but is going to like become a, a core question around love um we get it here this like uh sort of dual tension um where nobu says but once you fall in love it's human nature to want everything from the other person um and shin counters is it if you want her steal her away just do it uh and then nobu says so just like you said i believe that to kindly watch over someone while asking nothing in return is real love but I can't help it. I just can't forgive that guy. Um, so this is going to be like this this core, um, you know, two two ends of this duality of love. The one is to like to to want the person completely, to want to possess the person completely, uh, to want everything from the person, and the other is to watch from afar, to ask nothing in return, to take care um, and ask nothing in return. Yeah. Um, and these being like these two, this like conflicting two sides of what it means to love somebody. Um, so we're going to get lots more developing this idea, but we do get it introduced here. Yeah. We'll Um, get more Nobu. 
Yeah. And we'll get more of this idea too, of the, you know, obviously we've talked about Nana's possessiveness. Uh, Yasu is obviously a, a, and you know, we immediately go into possessive Nana, uh, Yasu, the one who Yasu. watches from afar and, and cares <laughs> and asks nothing in return, um, yeah. but does desire in return, does still want something in return. Um, but um, yeah, and then this scene too, which, you know, starts out with the, uh, you know, oh, I just forgot my wallet. Um, I just needed you to, to come and, and pay for my meal, basically. Uh, cause I was just trying to get out of Dodge cause, cause you know, um, hot, she's got a guy over. <laughs> um, I forget if, if she specifically mentions talking to me here, but, um, she does eventually, I think. Yeah. Uh, but of yeah. course Yasu says, uh, so that's it. Why didn't you tell me over the phone when you said, help me in such a scared voice? I didn't know what to think. Um, and we do get her sort of trying to hide her face with her hand throughout this, but having this look of sadness. Um, and in particular, this, um, you know, he calls out, they have cake, strawberry, have some. Um, and she's she orders it. We obviously see she's been, like, eating the cake itself. But I think it's also a, a key image for this manga. The strawberry cake, you know, sort of got introduced as, like, that's the start of the relationship with Ren. Strawberry cake is Ren. Um but we have the strawberry glasses, the strawberry itself getting in some ways transferred over to, to, uh, Hachi. And so to, to have the only part of her eating this cake that we actually see is when she plucks the strawberry and eats that, um, feels when like she's it, thinking about Hachi. Yeah. Yeah. While she's thinking about Hachi feels like this intentional, um, using these images to like further strengthen and suggest there's this link of feeling between how she feels about Ren is similar to how she feels about Nana. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah. And that, that's where uh, she, you know, he asks, did, did you and Nana have a fight? Uh, you know, you and Nahachi. Um, and she, sh this like sort of scared look shakes her head um, and then says, while eating the strawberry, Takumi's there. I didn't want to get in the way. Um, we, we get this like digression to talk to me that we can go back to. Um, but just to like continue on with this scene a little bit. Um, um, all I, all I will interject here. Um, Nana saying, I didn't want to get in the way. Um, I think what's, what really we don't know this at, at this point in the manga. We will though. Um, Nana, this is Nana withdrawing. Yeah. Um, and this is something that she does when this, uh, when this like wound that she has is, uh, it like is hurt again. Uh, and when she has like this fear of um, abandonment and like losing people, she withdraws and like flees. Um, and so in this moment, she's saying, I didn't want to get in the way. But really, like what she may, she may not like realize it. She pro probably doesn't seem like she 
she does at this point. Um, she thinks, oh, I didn't want to get in the way. But really what's happening is this deeper, like, emotional response. Yeah. That will happen again in with um, Hachi and Takumi. Worse. In a... Yeah. A worse situation. Um. I mean, we can even go into a little bit of this this digression to Takumi and Hachi together before I get back to, you know, further completing this. I didn't want to get in the way, which, um, as you said, is a certain pulling away, uh, is also a bit of a, a deflecting of, you know, why she, she really left, which she's going to be a little bit more honest with um, later on with, with Yasu. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we then get... Uh, Takumi looking at the the poster um you know feeling like the the that celebrity image of him is different than him yeah the alienation um, of celebrity yeah <laughs> um and uh you know she admits here that like uh at least to herself this is uh in her head I think uh last time I pretended to be asleep because you said you were going away but you're here uh, when you have time. So it's this like she she fell asleep for a moment instead of pretending to be asleep um, because she she has some sort of belief that he'll still be there. Um, and then, yeah, this this moment at the end uh, where, you know, Takumi says, Nana, you're so cute. Um, Nana, I don't want to lose you. I want you all to myself. Uh, You're the only one who understands. Yeah. Um, and so some of it her... is, again, there's ways that this is, is manipulative. Um, there's ways in which uh, this might be coming from an actual fear and hurt that he has about, you know, um, this difficulty that he has of, of keeping girlfriends because he's away at work and, you know, focused on the band all the time and, but she, you know, the band's the priority. She also understands this. Um, at least in this moment, that's what she says. And yeah, in this moment, this opportunity to like distinguish herself from the other imagined or real masses of women who have been with Takumi, which she's having anxiety about like all this time. <clears throat> um, in this moment where she's able to like, she feels like she can distinguish herself by being like the one who understands. Um, yeah. She goes like latches onto that um, and then gets this re positive response from Takumi. Cause that's what Takumi wants too, <laughs> uh, because he doesn't want to have, he doesn't want to, care for his partner emotionally and have to be like present and attending to their emotional needs and so on and so forth. Uh, so this works great for him. Um, but then it like, it strengthens the bond for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we go back to, to Yasu and Nana and there's a, a few things I want to really call out here. Um, so one, uh, interesting, we, in this moment, we get Nana saying, well, maybe Takumi is falling in love with her because Hachi goes so damn cute. Um, 
so we get here this like her in some way recognizing that right um and then she's sort of talking about her uh that recognizing it being she recognizing and thinking of Hachiko is cute mm-hmm. um but then uh we get this thing of you know I want to support her um I was hoping she would find a new boyfriend uh you know Takumi is her wildest dream. There's all these ways that I want to support her because uh, she's my friend. But then also, why does it have to be Takumi? Why does it have to be Trapness? Trapness sort of takes everyone from me. Um, yeah. And so there's a way that you could boil this down to, oh, this is just her anxieties about um, Trapness itself or like Ren. Uh, but she does take it deeper into and and is specifically, again, Ren and Hachi are linked here um, in like terms of how she's thinking about them. I know Ren and Hachi are people and not possessions. And I know it's wrong to think like that. People can be together, but ultimately we're all alone. I know it's just impossible to make someone mine, but sometimes that realization just makes me feel lonely. Um, I'm worried that I was really thinking of Hachi as a pet dog. I'm the worst. Um, but specifically expressing here this and and having it linked to Ren, wanting to possess Hachi and wanting to possess Ren in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they're in the same category <laughs> yes. of uh, emotional intensity and the type of emotions being directed there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, similar to as I brought up with Nobu and Shin, this desire of um, I want to care for Hachi. I want to see her like support her, see her be happy. Um, I also want to possess her. Um, So just as they were talking about, uh, you know, this is what love is. (laughs) Uh, Nana's talking about it. Yeah. And this, this is a deep, I think this is one of the moments where this is the deepest moment yet. As far as like Nana going into her own, feelings and actually expressing mm-hmm. like the core, the deep core of, uh, in her soul. Um, so yeah, an important scene for multiple reasons. Um, uh, one thing that I, I was reading this again last night and I was really, there's some amazing, uh, use of point of view in these volumes. This was my favorite. Uh, I think this scene is exceedingly well done. Um, but especially the way that we get Nana from Yasi's point of view. Um, and it tells us um, it tells us a little about a lot about Nana. It also tells us about Yasu, uh, which is what makes this scene so great. Um, but so here we have like the cross cutting. Why does Trap Nest take over everything in my life? So it's kind of like uh, the point of view is moving around to both of them. Uh, close up Nana, close up Yasu. And then we flip <laughs> and now we're in Yasu's point of view. Um, and now we're seeing Nana the way that Yasu sees her. Um, yeah. And I think 
And also, we're seeing her not make eye contact with him. Yeah. And I think uh, it's not a coincidence. I think two things are happening at once, which the first thing is what you said, which is that Nana's reaching deep and expressing herself. But also, the fact that we get this in Yasu, like within Yasu's point of view, I think it also tells us that this is the Nana that Yasu sees. Mm -hmm. And that he is seeing all the time. Um, and that like he is in love with. <laughs> um, but like all of the signs that we have, that we have seen before and we'll see of him being perceptive to uh, like her deep uh, unexpressed feelings and needs um wanting to like perceive them and care for her uh we we see this here even though it's just like he's completely silent just through the use of his point of view uh and then what like it is situated within that uh we learn so much about yasu <laughs> and his relationship to nana um and then the illustrations of nana here uh, again, thinking about this as like, this is the Nana that Yasu sees. Um, and then we cut back to Yasu. Um, just him with the cigarette, like sto stone faced, <laughs> but like with a world of emotion, <laughs> uh, like on that expressionless face. Yeah. So uh, just like, amazing sequence there um and then <clears throat> so he's he doesn't respond back in the dialogue uh which is i thought was interesting when i was rereading it um because so first he's allowing nana to like sit with her feelings which feels poignant in the way of like she's reaching deep and she's unpacking this stuff for herself in a way that we haven't seen before. And so Yasu like realizing the right thing to do in this moment is to just let her do that, like not interfere and let her like experience this realization for herself um, and do this work for herself. Uh, but then also like taking care of her um, with everything that follows where he is like, Oh, catch a cat with me. So he's not saying anything. He doesn't respond to like the con the you know emotional exploration. He allows her to sit with that, but then he makes sure like that he stays with her, um, and then he directs her to Ren and is like, "You you can yeah. talk about this more with Ren. Like you should well, talk about this with Ren." And and it's also a way in which he is to some way finally responding to what she said. Yeah. But is by saying you and Ren are exactly alike. Um, before Ren moved to Tokyo, he was saying the same kind of things you are in the end. People are all alone. Two people can't become one no matter how close they get. So it's simply impossible to make someone yours. Um, and then we also get the flashback in the, the coming pages of, you know, I know it's just impossible, but sometimes I just really wish that Nana was mine. 
Uh, then I just put her in my pocket and take her with me to Tokyo. And, you know, Yasu in the flashback says she never fit. Uh, you just have to ask her, come with me. Whether she go, she'll go is another matter. Um, and also, these lines of dialogue are amazing as well. Um, if you think about the like emotional nuance to Ren saying, oh, I wish I could just put her in my pocket. So it's not only like making her into a possession, but also like reducing her. Yeah. Uh, and then Yasu saying she never fit. Like that would not, she would never allow that, (laughs) which he's right. Uh, that's exactly like, that's the exact struggle (laughs) that we're having right now. (laughs) Yeah. And then Yasu being like, you just have to ask her, like, just go talk to her and express (laughs) these exact feelings you're having. That's what you need to do. (laughs) Uh, and then having the exact same message, for Nana now, um, like you need to just go talk to Ren and express these exact same feelings. Like that's what needs to happen. Um, but the poignancy of like so much time later, him now having, telling Nana the same thing, having the same or similar conversation with her, uh, is, is great. Um, and then we get Ren and Nana, we cut back to Rin and Nana, and um, there's maybe different things happening here. But yeah, I mean, one thing that, um, having now read this multiple times, that hits me here, too, is there's this part where she says, you can see the sea even in Tokyo. Um, we obviously get some of the, the importance of the sea, like, to the start of their relationship with the, the like, uh, sea breaker that they, they sit on. Um, when they eat the cake. Uh, but I also just think of, there's a, a section very late where, um, you know, in the future we'll see Nana with, you know, long hair in London, uh, or in, in England, I guess, uh, is where we believe she is not London. Um, but she's looking out to see basically contemplating suicide, uh, but also says something like, I can't throw away the, the life that you gave me, Hachi. Um, so there's also this way that I, I think the, the sea becomes linked to, um, like her depression and her, uh, this aspect of her, um, as well. Yeah. Um, but here it becomes this consideration of, you know, maybe someday uh, I'll think about us living together. Yeah. And on the heels of the all of the stuff with Yasu, <clears throat> um, Ren says, want to live together. And she says, I'll think about it. Which, yeah. on one hand, you can say, well, this is them not doing <laughs> what Ren or what Yasu is telling them to do. Uh, Cause they're not really saying what they're not really being honest or forthcoming about the, uh, about their feelings or the most important ones. On the other hand, um, I'll think about it as also a form of communication that is valid. Uh, yeah. So, 
we could look at this maybe a couple of different ways. Um, but I guess maybe the, the middle way would be to say they are not, they're not expressing, uh, these things to each other. Uh, but they're trying like Nana is trying and making maybe some step here. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how far they, yeah. how far they get. Um, I feel like we can maybe not say too much about the, the final little bit with Nobu and then with Shin and Rayra, just because this stuff will get developed more next time. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um, there is like the, this kind of cinematic, uh, um, pace that happens where we get a lot of revelations, like a lot of plot movement, yeah. um, in the final pages, but we can pick that up in the next volume <laughs> where it's taking us or not the next volume, but, uh, the next few chapters, uh, in the next discussion. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess just to finish and, you know, go into plugs, uh, of course we finish out with, Hey Nana, our lives were so intertwined, Nana, but I didn't understand you at all. I had no idea I was hurting you. Please forgive me. Um, so, you know, (laughs) more of the, the centering of everything that's happening here around their relationship in the, in the future. Yeah. It's almost like that is the gravitational center yeah. <clears throat> of the manga. <laughs> Almost. Um, well, <laughs> any final thoughts or shall, shall we wrap this up? Yeah, I think we'll let the manga, the lingering words of the manga, uh, take <laughs> us out on the, um, on the discussion portion. So next time we will read chapters 19 through 24, uh, which will be finishing up volume six and then reading all of volume seven. Uh, if you have questions for the, for us, please send them in to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. If you have stuff that's like, uh, sort of pertinent to a discussion as we go, we can obviously bring it up. Um, but we'll do a big question bucket, uh, at the end. Uh, please go to exportodd.io and support the network. Um, One dollar will give you like access to uh, a number of podcasts a week early. Um, that includes Pondering Pluton, which is a podcast that you and I do, Connor, where we read through Cromartie High School. Um, you know, one one or two chapters at a time. Uh, right now it's eight pages. It's the, the rate it was published in the the weekly magazine. Um, and we don't always talk about it, but I would say the podcast is always about Cromartie high school, at least conceptually, you know, I'd agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you'll also get, uh, episodes of ornate stairwells early, uh, at the time that we were recording this, 
uh, stairwells is is kind of in a hiatus with the the seg after strike uh we've been doing what we're calling the non-homophobia zone which um is sort of just a, a running reference to what we referred to as the the like post outro stuff uh but now it's just the whole podcast um and we we're about to finish up ikokuniki by the time this episode comes out um i guess this episode's coming out fairly i don't i don't i don't remember exactly how it's going to work out um we this episode might come out before that episode does i don't remember how it how it <laughs> by the, the time you're listening to exactly. this we will yeah have, it's a, we, we it's either out, out it's either out or it will be out soon um and uh Probably also going to be talking about uh, Final Fantasy VIII because I started playing it. Oh so, yes, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Final um, Fantasy VIII—that's the shit. It's so good. You'll also get uh, early episodes of a, a number of other podcasts. Uh, the one in particular that I've I've been calling out recently is Coffee and Comic Books because they are reading through the manga Hunter Hunter, uh, which I know is quite popular um, and after i forget which but they like did like two or three episodes covering some of the the first arcs of the manga um that were like in the free feed but now it's you got to pay five dollars if you if you want to hear the full conversation um covering all the rest of hunter hunter uh so go support the network for five dollars um and continue to support them even when they're they're done doing Hunter Hunter and have moved on to like some niche indie French comic or something for what the bonus episode is because it's a fun podcast. Um, and support us, support the work we do. Uh, I'll also call out Around the Long Fire, a podcast that I do with my friend M, um, where we are at this point we're reading the Nibelungen lead. Uh, the main focus is like we were doing Icelandic sagas and we're going to do the Adas at some point. Uh, but we're kind of just, we're expanding slowly, uh, out of old Norse into like other Germanic and then also probably some Irish. And then we might go wild from there. We'll, we'll see. It's kind of just a classics podcast, but it's also mostly a hangout podcast where we talk about the, the reading for a little bit, like maybe a quarter of the time. Um, and a lot of the rest is us talking about other stuff. So, um, those are all my plugs. Uh, go follow us at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter or just at Ghost Divers on co host. You can find me at Fox Omnia on any social media platform that I'm on. Uh, where can we find you, Connor? <clears throat> you can find me at Rabelais, R B B L E A S, on Twitter and co host. Um, and that's it. I did it, I did it at Puton Speed. I don't yeah. know why. Um,. <laughs> What do you think Mizukoshi's cooking his wife for dinner? Burgers.
Now recording. Okay. I've got my, uh, I've got the Discord chat, uh, not quite minimized, but like, you know, it's, uh, under several other tabs, but part of it's still visible. Yeah. And it's just like, it cuts off right on the edge of the video. So I can mm, just look you, back at it. You can still see like the orange shock of hair. Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just the orange hair taking up like 70 to 80% of the thumbnail. Yeah. And then my commentary below so I can refer back to my notes. Did you, did you listen to it yet? Did you watch the video? I didn't watch all of it. I was watching it when you when you joined, but then I stopped because it was very loud. I could turn it down, but um, that kind of ruins it. Yeah, and I also I just know "Carry On My Wayward Son" by Kansas, <laughs> classic of of like uh, guitar hero rock band. Kind mm. of. I I don't know which specific one or if multiple. Um, let me look. Neither do I. Guitar Hero was one of the trends that, at the time, when I was a teenager, I guess, like early teens, I felt really uncool for not doing. The other big one of these was skateboarding, where like at the time I didn't get into it for whatever reason. Oh, wait, wait we I, can do 8377. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Okay, go. Nice. <laughs> I think that was probably a, a pretty quick for you, but it took me um, it took me longer to process what you were saying that you were talking about time dot is. Yeah, but I I got it just like well maybe it wasn't right in time right on time I don't know. Um, just a sec. But yeah, the um, <clears throat> Guitar Hero and skateboarding were the two things I felt really uncool about not doing um, and was like very certain that I was uncool for, for not for like opting out of at the time. But then <laughs> with the benefit of time, I like has really corrected that feeling where I look back and I'm just like, yeah, I'm OK with the fact that I didn't invest hundreds or thousands of hours into Guitar Hero. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty cool with that. I was just playing Civ on Xbox 360 <laughs> instead. Much more productive. Um... Do, do we want to do the drink check? Yeah. You want to go first? Um, sure. So, obviously still have the strawberry glass. Um, I was looking into it, and I think uh, Raffine or whatever, the, oh, the, the beer. beer that Hachi's promoing, I think that was invented for Anana, from what I can tell. Um, but uh, 
there's this beer that Emily got. Uh, I think it's from Night Glow Brewery. Um, the name of it is just uh, CO1. But it's a French-style pilsner, and it says it has notes of honey, floral, and citrus, which just kind of feels like the vibe. Um, Definitely. But I'm drinking it now, and it's, like, way hoppier than I thought it was going to be, which I'm, I'm not super jazzed about. Uh, she warned me because she had one as well that um, it was not what she wanted, uh, and it might not be what I want either. So uh, she was like, you might want to bring a, a backup beer. So I also have a new Glarus Totally Nude. Or uh, totally naked. Okay, we so, uh, which is we have some nakedness in this, yeah, in this section of the manga. Um. So yeah, I figured that would also potentially work, but um. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I just have works. water. I, I'm I'm saying it works. Um. I also have water. <clears throat> I have uh. I brought back the psychopathy beer from our ghost, from our uh, obviously ghost divers from yeah. our psychopaths season uh, because we get uh me coming in <laughs> uh, and they really like as a uh, consistent character in this section. So yeah, uh, just wanted to, I'm doing that one for you. Because I know how much you love uh, uh, talking to me, so I uh, yeah I pulled that one out of the back of the fridge. Um, although me, I don't know if uh, psychopathy is the is truly an accurate way of describing talking to me, but mm-hmm. that's for the actual discussion. Yeah, uh, not um, not for the jokes. Uh, I also have green yeah. tea. I already drank a cup of black tea probably 30 minutes ago. Um, the green tea is just like a little extra kick if need be. Last time I had the Red Bull, that was too much. Yeah. So that, that won't happen again. I'm experimenting with different levels of caffeination. But I think like the black or oolong tea rate kind of at the start is the sweet spot. And then having a little yeah. green tea, like, because <clears throat> it's a Monday night we're recording this on. So we both got up early for work. Yeah. Um, I have work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm ending this drink check uh, right now. Um, yeah. It's over. <laughs> Done. Green tea, water, beer. Um. All right, shall should we just get into the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Podcast. That yeah. let me take another take of that. 